Blog Talk Radio. Hurricane Sports, and thank all of you 
for helping us set another listener record from last week's show. Kane Sport Live continues to grow in popularity amongst the Canes Nation, and I'm happy, as always, that we're able to bring the show to you and glad that so many Canes fans out there around the country and really throughout the world continue to enjoy the show. As always, this is your show, and it'll be driven by your participation. The call-in number tonight is 646-595-2048. That's 646-595-2048. Plenty of open phone lines for everybody to listen in and participate. You know the drill. You hit the number one on your keypad. That sends us a prompt that you want to come on the show. We'll bring you on the show in the order that you land in the queue. And we all know who once again is first. But before we get to that, I want to give you a program note. Um, there will not be a Kane Sport Live the next two weeks due to some scheduling issues, um, travel issues, things like that. Uh, but we will have a special Thursday night edition of Kane Sport Live on the day after the bowl game to talk about the bowl game in Orlando against West Virginia and then also discuss what's going on with the state of recruiting at that point. So um, take a few weeks off, have the holiday, we'll have the bowl game, and then we'll come back and we'll do a post-bowl game, Kane Sport Live, um, the night after the bowl game on the 29th of December. I'll make sure I post it on the message boards at canesport.com so that everybody remembers. All right, as always, we ask the fans on the message boards at canesport.com to submit questions and topics that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show. I'll cover some of what they came up with now and space some of the others throughout the show. Uh, last week, we also had a few leftover questions that I didn't get to. I'll make sure we fit those in on tonight's show as well. Does it look like the Canes can get another defensive tackle in this class to go alongside of John Ford. Um, right now, I would say it doesn't necessarily look like it unless it ends up being a kid out of Hampton, Virginia High School by the name of Elijah Conliffe, who's a, he's like a swing defensive tackle, defensive end, not really sure where he'll end up in college. Uh, but Coach Cool has been making some nice progress in the recruitment of Elijah Conliffe. So that's going to be one that we're going to have to watch here in the coming weeks of recruiting and see just exactly what happens. It happens. It's believed that Penn State and Alabama have been the leaders there. Um, Coach Cool playing a little bit of catch-up, but is doing pretty well. And we're hearing that Conliffe will visit most likely um, at some point. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that one. But right now, most of the defensive linemen that are being recruited are ends. And um, we found out tonight that Hunter Eccles, the kid out from Los Angeles, that Coach Cool has been recruiting. He set up a UM trip for January 13th. He's good friends with DJ Johnson. Uh, sounds like that they're gonna that they're gonna visit together that weekend, and that Hunter Eccles' parents are gonna make the trip from the West Coast. So that's certainly a defensive lineman that's evolving to keep an eye on, Mr. Hunter Eccles from Los Angeles, California, Cathedral High School. 
But beyond that, right now to us, it does not look um, like defensive tackle is a big priority for the Hurricanes, understandably, because they pretty much have everybody back at that position, and uh, it's crowded right now as it is. And with John Ford coming in and adding another body, um, my guess is it'll be next year when they really focus hard on the defensive tackles of the future. Will cornerback Adrian Colbert be ready for the bowl game? Um, There's a chance. He's got a shot. Um, We're hearing that the doctors are evaluating that at the moment with the team getting ready to start practices again here in a couple days. And uh, there's a chance that Adrian Colbert can play, but nothing has been decided definitively at this point. So we don't have a hard, concrete answer to that question. Are the Hurricanes making any noise for recruits Jerry Judy, Devonta Smith, Alex Leatherwood, or Elliot Baker? Well, let me start from the, the, the latter and, and work my way back. Um, Elliot Baker, offensive lineman, Juco kid, uh, it looked like he was going to visit this weekend, but now we're hearing uh, that he's most likely canceling that visit. And uh, so Elliot Baker, um, who is a five-star Juco kid committed to Alabama, uh, unless something crazy happens with Alabama that they end up not taking him, um, he probably will not make his visit. Uh, our guess is that he basically received a, you know, ultimatum from Nick Saban that it was time to shut down his visits. The last place that Alabama wants their recruits visiting is Miami. Let's be honest. I mean, if if a school is going to have the capability of stealing a kid from Alabama, it's a place like Miami that, you know, can really uh, capture the imagination and of, of a recruit of the kind of lifestyle that they can have as a hurricane football player um, in the magic city. And um, so my guess is that he pretty much was told don't visit Miami. And that's why Elliot Baker canceled um, Alex Leatherwood. Another five-star Alabama commit is, is no longer uh, being recruited from what we can tell. Uh, don't expect him to be in the mix. Uh, Jerry Judy, the wide receiver, um, from South Florida, who's been pretty much locked into Alabama for a few years. Nothing's going to change there. I don't know why people keep asking about him or starting rumors about him. Jerry Judy's going to Alabama. Uh, you know, there's, I don't think there's any question about it. Um, never been any indication that he was wa- wavering at all. Uh, Devonta Smith, the product out of Louisiana, wide receiver. Um, things are still looking decent there. Miami's right, right in the middle of the battle with Alabama, um, LSU is a, is also a potential factor there. Don't sleep on home state LSU. Um, but we feel Miami's shot there is as good as it's ever been, and they'll be right in the mix as that one moves forward. Another question that came in, if we do not win the bowl game, is this season a success? Um, boy, like I said at the start of the show, I don't know how you can do, call this season a success with a loss to West Virginia. I'm not sure that the season could be called a success with a victory over West Virginia. Uh, when you consider four losses, not playing for the ACC uh, championship last week, letting Virginia Tech sneak in there. Um, but it certainly could not be considered a success if they lose the bowl game. If they win the bowl game, 
maybe that would be in the eyes of the beholder. You know, what your standards were, how well you thought this team was going to do this year. Um, you know, maybe that's what is what would determine whether you classify the season as a success or not if the Canes were to to beat West Virginia. All right, 646-595-2048. I'll get to more of those questions as the show goes forward. Let me just take a moment here and talk a little, little bit about West Virginia to kind of set the table um, for tonight's show. The Mountaineers this season were helped by some close victories in, in a lot of games. They beat BYU 35-32. They beat Kansas State 17-16. They beat Texas 24-20. They beat Baylor 24-21. So the reason that this was a 10-2 and team was because they won their close games, something the Hurricanes were not able to do. Um, probably a relatively evenly matched bowl game uh, when you look at it. Uh, you know, some people think the Hurricanes might even be a little bit better than the Mountaineers. It'll be interesting to see. I haven't seen a point spread yet. If anybody else has, please feel free to call in. Um, but I'm expecting it to be pretty, a pretty close point spread. Um, but let's make no question about it. It's a game that Miami can win. Uh, West Virginia is a little bit of a paper tiger because they won those four close games and uh, you know had a lot of very good fortune. But it, they have an offense that averages 32.6 points a game. Uh, Danner Holgerson is one of the better offensive coaches in the country. They put up 506.9 yards while averaging those 32 points. Uh, their quarterback, Skylar Howard, is the one that makes everything go. He's hitting on 60% of 60.8% actually of his throws. Threw for 3,194 yards this year, 26 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. He's a threat to run the ball as well. He had 400 rushing yards this year and scored nine touchdowns on the ground. So needless to say, Manny Diaz and that defense are going to have a challenge on December 28th at Camping World Stadium in stopping this West Virginia offense. Um, it really can create a lot of problems. Their run game averages 5.4 yards a carry. Um, they had a 1,000-yard rusher in Justin Crawford, who finished with 1,168 yards, averaged 7.4 yards a carry. Um, he's got great ability to make people miss in the open field. They're a team that spreads the ball around real well when they throw it. So, you know, it's very hard to key on any one receiver. Um, they distribute it all over the field, make you defend the entire field. A place where the Hurricanes can do a little bit of damage, I believe, is up front. They have a big offensive line, but it's allowed 21 sacks. And I think Miami might be able to utilize its speed uh, in this game um, to get a little bit of an edge at the line of scrimmage. That'll certainly, I think, be a key for Manny Diaz and his game plan. Um, on defense, they they gave up 23.4 points a game. Um, so, you know, hard to really kind of get a lot out of that. You know, nothing really outstanding in either direction, I would say. Uh, but, you know, Miami should be able to move the ball. Um, I don't think there's any doubt about it there. Their defense really struggled in the 2015 season, um, but came together a little bit better in 2016. But but make no mistake about it, 
Um, West Virginia is a team built around its offense and ability to score points. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, I think it'll be a good, a good ball game with maybe a lot of scoring. Um, I'd say, you know, the, the team that gets the 35 first probably has the, the inside track on winning that ball game. All right, let's get out to your calls. 646-595-2048. is the number. Uh, hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. We're going to go out to our first caller, a very familiar guy. I think he's been the first caller on all but about two shows this entire season. So let's go out and see what Mr. G-Reg has for us this evening on Kane Sport Live. Live. How are you doing tonight, Greg? Great. How are you, Gary? <clears throat> doing good. Doing I, good. I just got my tickets for the game. Uh, I oh, wanted good. to know. I wanted to know if uh, fans are allowed to go to the Under Armour practices, or is that just for the media? Um, here's what I'll tell you. If you go out there and you you, you make your way and you just go sit in the bleachers and and don't look for trouble, um, I don't think you'll have any problems. Okay. Thank you. All right. My next question. I mean, I, mean I, you know, I, I as long as you don't try to go on the field or anything like that, you right. know, I mean, okay. I mean, they have security out there, but, um, you know, they also have, they have bleachers on each side and people, people, parents and people out there watching. And, you know, a lot of people like, you know, like, you know, some people like yourself who might want to slide out there one day. So I don't, I don't, right. I don't think, I, you know, as long as you don't do anything crazy, I think you'll be okay. All right. Uh, the last I saw, Miami was a point and a half favorite. Uh, and that's over the 14th ranked team in the country. Miami's unranked. That tells me, you, you said that uh, they averaged 32 points a game, and that's in the big 12 where there's no, nobody plays defense in the big 12. Uh, so I don't know. I, I, I like our chances, except for one thing. Brad Kaya has never beat a ranked opponent in his career. So hopefully there's a first time for everything. Yeah, well, the, I mean, this, this should be a real favorable ma- uh, matchup for Brad. So I think he's got, a, obviously, a great chance of doing that. Okay, I just saw a list of the top 40 prospects in Sports Illustrated for this year's draft. I didn't see any Kaya and any Njoku. Any hope Njoku stays? I mean, I don't think so, but, you know, neither neither one of them has said yet, and we don't really know when when they're going to say one way or the other. But if I had to go make a bet right now, it would be that Njoku goes out and Kaya comes back, but we'll see. All right. Um, you were talking about this Baker kid who they, you said they probably told him not to come. So they're getting Baker and Leatherwood. Both of them want to play left tackle. One of them is going to be sitting on the bench at Alabama. Why wouldn't one of them tr- want to come here and start from day one? 
I don't understand don't, their thinking. Don't don't know. I mean, Leatherwood really was just fishing around. I mean, you know, he didn't never really figured. Baker sounded to us when we talked to him the other day that he really was just coming down for a vacation. I, I'm not sure he was really, really serious. Um, but, you know, I mean, Bama has a way of just saying, look, <laughs> you know, you cancel the visit or you no longer have an offer to come to Alabama. So, you know, they're, uh, they're pretty good. They're pretty good at keeping their commits from taking visits that they're worried about something. And they always seem to be worried about Miami. They're always worried about Miami for some reason. I don't know why. All right. I just want to go over a couple kids in recruiting here. Uh, McFarlane, you think he's going to come? I do. Uh, I'm a little concerned that he hasn't committed yet. You know, it's just been such a long courtship. But uh, I thought I he was feel- going to commit at the underarm again. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe he will. You know, maybe right. that's maybe maybe that's where it'll happen. But you know, I mean, the only thing that makes me wonder about him is how long it's taking. But I know they're counting on him because, um, other than Robert Burns, there's no other running back being recruited. So, all right, how about this Trey McKitty? This kid looks like an absolute beast on his films. Mm-hmm. I think there's is there a any chance of getting him back? Yeah, I think so. I think there is a chance, and and it's you know he's been very quiet. Uh, you know, obviously, you know what's been going on at Oregon, and um, but I think when push comes to shove, at the end of the day, with with all the upheaval at Oregon and every, I think there's a very good chance of Miami getting Trey McKitty. We'll see. All right, now this Henderson kid, he, he I, I wish they would just stop recruiting this guy and try to get this guy Collier. This guy Collier is. is Covering Judy the other night, and he's plays quarterback. This guy's a ball player, and he wants to be here. I don't know yeah, but, I, offering I, but, but but Greg, I don't think there's anybody that would say that he's a better player than than uh, Henderson. No, I, I understand that, but at least he wants to be here. Henderson's playing us. I mean, he they keep even on your article saying he's going to go to Florida. You can't knock them, you know, prioritizing, you know, prioritizing right. Henderson, or, 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 you know, in, in that situation. So we'll see. All right. How about Dean, Javante Dean? I think there's a decent shot there. And one last one. How about this Fagan kid? He's coming for a visit this week. Yeah, we'll know after the visit. I can't, you know, I can't really make a prediction that there. I, I, you know, I, I, I don't think he'd be making the visit if he wasn't seriously considering it. Um, well, it's not like well, a vacation for him. Well, no, he just lives upstate. That's not a vacation, but right. we'll see. All right, one quick point on the basketball team. You, you made a pop, proclamation that you thought next year we could. Uh, contend for the Final Four with these recruits we got coming in. We need a big man to need one more big. Team. I agree, Greg. They need one more big. You're absolutely right. right. And and you'll, you you notice they just got rid of uh, Muhammad. They dumped him. Right. And and they've got that scholarship sitting there. And trust me, I assure you, they're looking for a big 
that they can pair with that group next year. All right. I hope you're right. Uh, all right. Thank you. I'll talk to you next time we have a show. You got it, Greg. We'll talk to you in a few weeks. Uh, thanks, as always, for being part of the show. All right, 646-595-2048. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out to the 239. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. How are you doing this week? I'm doing great. Who's this? Uh, it's TG Player 12, man. So I have to – I want to answer – it's always hard following Greg, but I want to answer your question. Is this a must-win for the Canes, this bowl game, or not? Um, I can tell you I was at the last time we won a bowl game in Boise. Um, what a horrendous uh, trip that was. People in Idaho were really nice, though. Um, Got to give them that, but we were in Idaho. <laughs> so, uh, you know, read into that what you will. Um, I think this is a must-win, absolutely. I think we have positive momentum um, after a hellacious October that was as unforgiving as it possibly could have been. And I think that uh, we've been doubted a little bit on these four wins uh, because of strength of schedule, quality of opponent. I don't think anybody doubts that West Virginia is a ranked team, 10-2. and two. Granted, like you said, they're a little bit paper tigers. I think it would be a very high-quality win. I think it's very winnable. Um, and I think that it would be a ton of positive momentum that we really need going to nine wins, heading into the meat of recruiting season. I think it is an absolute must win. If we lose this bowl game, I think last, and I don't mean to diminish the work the guys did over the last four games, but I think the last four games uh, really gets cheapened if we lose this game and it becomes, it starts to look more like a mirage than, than reality. What do you think? I don't disagree with what you're saying. I think it's a validation. I, I think that this is a great barometer to, for them to figure out exactly where this program is, um, I think if you if you lose this game, it's it's a real downer uh, that you're taking into the off season for nine months. And I think if you win, you're feeling really good and you're all you know wired up, obviously about next year. So I, yeah, I can't argue with anything you said. I I think it's a very important bowl game, and uh, you know, considering it's really a meaningless football game, I think it, you know, like I said at the beginning of the show, it kind of means everything for Miami. Yeah. Well, I the only thing I'll disagree with you on is meaningless because it's West Virginia. I hate West Virginia. I'll tell you, um, I've not liked West Virginia since we were in the Big East together. Um, I thought they were usually un, an unusually dirty team. Um, when we played them, um, and, and not dirty in a, in a you know, they're, they're just beating your face in kind of way. Um, I always felt like they were just a dirty team, pulling stunts, hitting you when you're down. I remember one of their players once uh, stomped on the groin of one of our players and he was getting up. They're just angry, mean guys, um, and they didn't keep control. <laughs> I didn't like West Virginia a lot. And their fan My greatest is, memory is Randy Shannon getting hit with a garbage can that flew from the upper deck. West Virginia. <laughs> like, like I was saying, the fans are not exactly the toast of college football. Um, and nothing against the state of West Virginia. I just I don't like that team. I don't like their fan base. Um, you know, and that's old, old, old news. But there's a little bit of I don't say rivalry, but there's a little bit of animosity there from some of us old fans, I suspect. So it'll be meaningful. Um, I'd like to shut them up. I don't like that their fan base is giving us absolutely zero respect. That would be great. 
More importantly, though, about what I, a stupid fan, thinks is what this is going to do for recruiting. Um, I know Greg was just talking about a bunch of these guys, Leatherwood, uh, that other guy from Alabama. People keep incessantly bringing up Jerry Judy, let it go, um, you know, but these players. And I've been surprised at something at, at recruiting that I hope this bowl game will help ameliorate, and that is when we hired Randy Shannon um, when we got rid of, of uh, Larry Coker, I remember those, remember those guys from Northwestern that all joined at like the same time. Um, Tommy Schreeder, Marcus Forston. Uh, there was another player, a good uh, uh, offensive lineman, I think. Um, I can't remember. Anyway, uh, there was a lot of buzz around this new coach. Granted, he was a Miami guy, um, African-American. You know, we can't overlook that. But we have a big marquee coach now um, who seems to have found his stride. Uh, with this team and, and just it passed we passed the eye test as of right now it looks like and I'm surprised that it isn't paying more dividends as of yet in recruiting and I know you're going to say look there's another month and a half two months of recruiting who knows what's going to happen but I, I just don't sense from the articles I read that you put out there from what I see out on social media that there's a lot of really good buzz around this team it almost looks like recruits are not paying much attention to Miami. We're kind of having to jump up and down and wave our hands and say, hey, guys, we're eight and four, and we're here, and we won, a lot. we won some good games, and we beat some good opponents, and we're going to a good bowl game. Come on down. Uh, but, but there's not a lot of eyes looking our way. Are you getting that yeah. sense at all, kind of relative to where we thought we were? I, I mean, I don't, you know, I, I think the truth's probably in the middle. I think there's some good recruits, obviously, in this recruiting class, but, you know, you, you finish eight and four. You don't go to the ACC championship game, and the people recruiting against you say, you know, what's the f- big fuss with Mark Richt? You know, he do. I mean, we, you know, why? You know, what's the, what's the big deal? You know, he just. He, I mean, he just got fired from Georgia, and they, all, they, they just went eight and four. You know, why would you rather go to Miami than come to Florida State or come to Alabama or um, or Ohio State? And um, the, they're really just not right now in the ball game for those type of recruits that are considering those other type of schools. And I think that it's going to be very hard for them to do so until they put up a, a you know, a, a, a totally top shelf season or two. And, uh, you know, but, but I think there's a lot of very good players in this class. And I, and I think there'll be several that, you know, go on to have great careers at Miami. But no, is it an off-the-charts top five type of class? No. Will it be a top 15, top 20 class? Yeah, it probably will. So it'll be okay, but you're not wrong in what you're saying. I mean, you know, we always keep it real on this show. And, you know, the question I would ask is how realistic was it to expect that Mark Richt would just walk into Miami and Miami would be back on the national map. I mean, I don't, I'm not sure that that was reality. You know, I mean, Mark Rick's a, a proven coach, but, you know, it, it's, it's not like, you know, if, if a school, forget even Miami, if a school hired Urban Meyer or Nick Saban right now, um, really, I don't know that anybody else would qualify, even this Tom Herman guy that everybody's in love with right now. But it, it, let's say you hired one of those top couple of those. Those guys could go to any school and they would have a top five recruiting class no matter where they are. Okay. But there's not many guys, other guys like that. And I don't think it's fair to expect that Mark Richt would have had that type of status uh, 
with all these recruits around the country. I mean, they, they've never seen Mark Richt in, an, in the national championship game or, 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 or anything like that. I mean, if they were being recruited by Georgia, they know who he is. I mean, you see this DJ Dallas kid, for example, who was being recruited by, by Georgia. He, he followed Mark Richt down here to Miami. Um, you see in the Devonta Smith kid out of Louisiana who was being recruited by Mark Richt at Georgia. Um, there's a chance that he'll follow Mark Rick down to Miami. So you're seeing it in spots here or there where, you know, top level players have that type of allegiance to Mark Rick. But I mean, I just, I'm just not sure that if there was an expectation that he was going to come to Miami and before they produce some top shelf seasons that these high level national recruits were just going to, you know, fall right into the Miami fold. I'm not sure that's reality. And then the other thing that they were hurt by this year is the fact, you know, that your Jerry Judys and your Trayvon Grimeses, who are high-ranked players from the South Florida area, were already locked into other schools, and they didn't really have a chance to get those kids. So um, we'll see. I mean, I think you should see more and more as time goes by, and this staff has a chance to bond with the kids, especially the ones from the southern half of the state of Florida. Um, but like I said, I just, I'm just not sure that that was reality for this year. So then two follow-up questions and then I'll jump off. I don't want to set a precedent of being on the phone for too long. Uh, when you got a lot of callers to get on, but, um, two questions. One is kind of first by extension. Can we then kind of put to bed this argument that a lot of us make on the message boards and we all know who we are. Okay. That, Miami doesn't get recruits because we don't dirty recruit and we don't negative recruit hard enough and we don't pay enough bag men and we don't let things slide academically enough and we don't put enough moms and dads into ancillary jobs that someone on the football team or whatever knows, you know, to get them a job. Can we put that to bed that we have not been losing recruits by and large because of those? I I don't think you could put it to bed. I I think that's that. I think there's a lot of truth to that. You do, yeah. I mean, I mean, so, hey, did you? There was a story, and and I, it, it was such such a good story that you know we left it up on the message board. There was um that's a, a Bleacher Report writer this week about about recruiting, the state of recruiting in college football. And if you want to Google search it, uh, his name was the writer's name is Matt Hayes, M A T T, and then H A Y E S. And the did, title of the story, the title of the story was "Cheater Go Home." If you if you Google Matt Hayes, "Cheater Go Home," um, I think you'll find this article from Bleach that was in Bleacher Report the other day um, on November right. 29th. Um, it was a spectacular piece of work, and uh, you know I I think it painted a very accurate picture of what college football is all about right now and and coaches have to make a decision um you know to either do it the right way or you know do it the wrong way and a lot do it the wrong way and the ones that do it the right way have to compete with that and if if there's a kid that is going to take whatever it is that's being offered and you know the chances are Miami's not getting that kid i mean it's just it's just the bottom line. I mean, you know, the, the Miami football program is not cannot be in the business of paying players, especially South Florida players. And 
Um, I mean, well, obviously anybody, you know, but I mean, can you imagine if Miami was in that business in South Florida? I, I mean, it, you could ne- who you you would need to think about the chaos and and what that what kind of environment that would create if Miami was a cheating school in South Florida where every South Florida kid expected to get paid to go to the University of Miami. You know, well, the they, they can't. Is, imagine how amazing we, we would be if we could. Nobody could compete with us. No one could offer what we could offer, right? Yeah, I mean, but, you know, I don't, other, I don't think you're ever going to see know? Miami be that type of program. Yeah, probably. Well, certainly with Mark Rick. If, if that wasn't a but, signal that, that we're, uh, we're yeah, cleaning stuff up, we're going to be clean. Is it a reality that there's a ton of cheating going on in college football? <laughs> Hell yeah. Is it a reality that. There's a lot of cheating. There've been there's been a progressive amount of cheating that's been taking place in the southern part of Florida that has exploited this weakness of Miami the last ten years. Hell yeah! So does, you winning, know, what, does winning overcome that, Gary? Do winning, winning automatically every year overcome that? Winning is the only thing that can overcome it because. Well, you know, you have to you have to show kids that can have a great experience, they could win, and that that's worth giving up whatever it is that, that they're being offered by other schools. I mean, it's not necessarily a lot all the time, you know. I mean, it's not like every kid is getting a hundred thousand dollar bag of money. I mean, you're not, you know, you in a lot of cases the cheating that's going on is not, you know, anything that's like such a big deal. But right. not not how it's consequential. But, but, it but to a, a family that, that 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 struggles every week to feed itself, dirt poor, and doesn't want to wait three or four years for that young man and their family to go to the NFL and save the family, um, you know, ten thousand dollars, even you know, something like that is is is, is like ten million dollars. So right. I think what happens is you have programs that'll fish around, they'll try to see what what kids they can exploit in that regard. And then they, they have people that, you know, do the dirty work for them. I mean, it's not the coach. It's not most times. It's not the coaches that are recruiting the kids and stuff like that. It's, it's, you know, street agents and others that, you know, that get involved like that, but, you know, they look for kids that they can exploit and, you know, sometimes they find them in South Florida. So, okay. Thank you for that. That's highly informative, and that's probably very real. And I think I wanted to live in a fantasy land where that wasn't the case, so thanks for setting me straight. But it's unfortunate because I don't want that stuff going on if we can't do it um, because I want my team to win. I want, I'm want i a Miami fan, and, you know, FSU and USF and UF and every other school in the SEC and wherever else and God knows where, if Arkansas can do that and we can't, uh, that'll, move, that'll get some, some players. Uh, some good, some good players, you know, out of our out of our backyard. So hopefully, we're able to win and and overcome that. Uh, last I think question the ones I was that Miami you. has to worry about the most are the ones that don't do it a lot. You know, they pick their spots. Um, you know, if, if 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 there's a kid that 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 is worth doing that, then you know, I think sometimes you know they'll 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 find a way to play in that arena. But um, you know, the, the the ones that hurt Miami are not the ones like Ole Miss that are doing it rampantly, you know, and it's, it's, it's those ones that do it in spots. That's why they don't get caught. 
Right, right. They don't do it enough to raise enough of an eyebrow and enough of an alert to to get all hands on deck trying to figure out if they're doing something bad. Makes sense. Sure. So yeah, this recruiting this recruiting um, our coaching staff as recruiters. I don't think anybody can argue that overall the coaching staff upgrade from Al Golden and, and his guys to Mark Rick and his guys is 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 stark and is very readily apparent and very significant um, on the field. Um, my last question, you can put me on hold after this. Are these guys, I mean, they look tenacious, but are they tenacious, good recruiters who know the lay of the land, know what they're up against, and are tireless workers like you have to be in recruiting, like Jim Harbaugh and Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher and Urban Meyer and all these other great coaches understand? Is that what we have here? Uh, I, I think I think I think you have a, a a relatively young staff that likes to get after it and likes to recruit. Um, I think what you don't have right now is a lot of five star recruits from South Florida. So Miami's strongest in recruiting the southern half of the state of Florida. Let's be honest. And uh, you know when a, two highest rated two of the highest rated prospects uh, are receivers that were entrenched with. Ohio State and Alabama, it kind of puts a damper on recruiting that year. And uh, so not a ton of, of, of top-shelf, highly, highly rated recruits that move the needle that much for this staff to get some layups on. Uh, they're out there having the battle. And, uh, you know, I, I, in some cases, I think they're getting some pretty good players. I mean, you know, I really like Nikozi Perry uh, from upstate in the Ocala area. I think, you know, he's a – a top tier prospect, even though um, he's not a five star. Um, DJ Dallas, I think, is going to be a very, very good player at Miami. Um, obviously, the DJ Johnson kid from California. I mean, that's a big deal going out to California and getting a kid of that quality. So you're seeing it in spots, um, but it, it, when when there aren't a lot of those type of players in South Florida, I, I think it's it's very tough for any staff to make the kind of mark that you're maybe looking to see. Uh, but uh, in, in terms of effort in recruiting, I think we're seeing it. Um, they, they're working very hard at it. And I think they have guys that have a, a, a great passion for recruiting. I mean, some of them may be a little better at it than others. Uh, you know, uh, just from my eye, Ron Dugans looks to me to be a really good recruiter, connects with the kids. Uh, Coach Cool seems to be doing a pretty good job at recruiting. I think Thomas Brown's got the capability to be a really, really good recruiter. Um, Ephraim Banda uh, has a great passion for recruiting. I think he, you know, he, he can be a highly impactful guy. Um, But again, are they going to go into um, Texas or somewhere like that and pull a five-star defensive lineman out of there? Uh, I don't know. I, you know, until we see them do it, uh, we don't know. But uh, I, I do think that they are a, a, a good recruiting staff, and, and, and I think they work real hard at it, and, and, and that's good. And um, I agree that they're, they've been more effective than the previous staff. Awesome. Thanks for the feedback, Gary. And you know, the next step is a win over West Virginia. You got it, man. Hey, thank you for being part of the show. Hope I answered your questions. All right, uh, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. Uh, let me take a moment here, guys, because I know that so many of you have been working overtime 
putting lines through your Christmas list and uh, going to the malls and, 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 and looking through magazines and trying to find those phenomenal Christmas gifts for the people in your life that you love and, and, and want to show your appreciation for. Um, well, I would be remiss if I didn't take this final opportunity before the holidays to tell you about this great family gift pack that's been put together by the people over at Omaha Steaks and um, how they've discounted it 77%. They've created an affordable $49.99 holiday gift for you. And the thing that I really like about Omaha Steaks, and I was introduced to this family gift pack when they sent me one a couple weeks ago, and I've been um, enjoying some of the different foods. Uh, you know, I've been actually having pre-show meals every week from Omaha Steaks. I had the all-beef meatballs a couple weeks ago, and then last week I remember telling you how I ate the filet mignons. Well, t- tonight I went for some Japanese uh, hibachi food for lunch and I had some leftovers but I didn't have anything to put in it because you know I ate all the shrimp and stuff that the hibachi chef cooked up so I said let me try those Omaha steaks chicken breasts and uh boy that was a really good move I made those chicken breasts before the show cut them up threw them in my leftovers and had a great dinner for tonight so um the Omaha steaks family gift pack uh is really a, a great option for you with the holidays fast approaching um And they allow you to order gifts for everyone on your list with the click of a mouse. And you can get the perfect gift. You can avoid the malls. You can avoid the lines. You can avoid the the crowds. And when you go to omahasteaks.com and you enter the Kane Sport Live code CSL in the search bar, you can get that $49.99 deal on their family gift pack uh, and send it to the ones you love. And just to give you a quick rundown of what's in there, you'll get two filet mignons, two top sirloins, two boneless pork chops, four boneless chicken breasts, four kielbasa sausages, four burgers, a 12-ounce package of all-beef meatballs, four potato au gratin side dishes, caramel apple tartlets, which between you and I are one of the greatest things in the box. Uh, If you like apple pie, um, they're really great. You just defrost them and it's like eating a little piece of apple pie. They'll give you seasoning for all the meats. Plus, you'll get four additional kielbasa sausages thrown in free just for the heck of it. So um, Omaha Steaks, if you go to the website, they have over 500 gourmet gift ideas, the highest quality cuts and ingredients, one-of-a-kind flavor, convenient and quick shopping. Aged, All their meats are aged for 21 days to unlock the full flavors of the cuts. They hand trim them. They vacuum seal them so they're nice and fresh when you take them out and you're ready to cook. So um, just great steak experiences at home. The most flavorful tender-aged beef plus seafood, poultry, pork, veal, lamb, veggies, desserts, appetizers, pastas, soups, seasonings, sausage, and so, so much more. So uh, omahasteaks.com, go there, enter our Kane Sport Live code, CSL, in the search bar, add the family gift pack to your cart, and get a 77% savings right now for the holiday season. It's the gift that's guaranteed to be a hit, omahasteaks.com. And while you're at it, you can, if you want to share the experience that I've had, you can even order one of those babies for yourself, and you'll find it'll give you several meals at home for you to enjoy, omahasteaks.com. All right, 646-595-2048 is the number, 646-595-2048. You hit the number one on your keypad, 
if you would like to come on the show. And let's continue onward to the 404. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, how you doing, man? It's Roland from New Orleans. Hey, what's up, Roland? How you doing today? Hey, man, what's going on? Doing good, doing good. Gary, uh, you know, I think a couple callers ago was talking about uh, other schools. I mean, come on, Gary. I mean, you know. I mean, just be, I mean, Ole Miss, LSU, Alabama. I mean, these kids getting, I mean, they, the money's getting, it's flowing. So, it's coming, it's a lot, I mean, you mean to tell me Jerry Judy, don't get me wrong, Alabama's on that run and whatnot, is going to leave South Florida and go all the way up to University of Alabama and Cooper and all these kids from all this, you know, all this talent is going to go up to University of Alabama just to go up there uh, for, for four years of education <laughs> at University of Alabama? Come on. If, you know, you just take, take the four kids that they've taken the last few years. Amari so Cooper. Look, yeah, Calvin yeah, Ridley, yeah, all of them. And, and how about Eddie Jackson, who, who was a defensive Jack- back who played yeah. Anderson, that Miami didn't even bother recruiting, who ended up being an elite safety at Alabama. Listen, listen. And then even you look at LSU with, with, with uh, Leonard Fournette. You think Leonard Fournette went to LSU just to go to LSU? Well, it but was, he's from Louisiana. I mean, but, but you know, still, Gary, I, you know, I'm from New Orleans, and I know, Leonard I'm telling you. to go to LSU. Man, listen, Gary. Listen, that money that's going—it's a lot going. It's a lot going on. You know, it's so much going on with with with, with money getting funneled to uh, to to your kids' parents. It's crazy. And what I can't understand: Miami get heat with you know you lose Muhammad, you lose Grace with the luxury car, you know thing, you know that that deal. But you got so much money, so, tons of money getting getting. Illegally pumped into so many kids and going to all these other schools, but again, Miami's getting the heat. So, my, you know, it, it's got to be a way, man. For, I mean, legally, I mean, I mean, it, for Alabama with Nick Saban, I mean, he, he's like he's untouchable, so he can do what he wants to do. But, I mean, I think the only way Miami to keep all the well, talent. It's not, it's not. It's not that Nick Saban's untouchable. Man. It's that this stuff is good. The okay. stuff that goes on goes on so far away from Nick Saban. You know, it's not. You know, it's not like it's not like Nick Saban showing up with bags of cash. But let me, ask, let me ask I mean, he's not. How many times? Has, how many times has Miami been on probation? Was it been three? Two. What? Two times. Two times. How many times has Ole Miss been on on probation? Not one time. Not it's one coming. time. Oh, it's coming. But but I'm saying, if that same thing was going on at Miami, it'd be over. It's just it's I'm it's so frustrating, man, to see Miami and to not see a trend. I see a trend in a positive direction, man. It's just all these all these kids, you know, going. You see, you look at um, Cooper. You look at Ridley, and I'm like, I'm like, man, all these kids should be at Miami. You look at Dalvin Cook, should be at Miami. On and on and on and on, and it's a problem there, man. It really is. And, and I'm, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, uh, Rick can, can, can keep all those kids, man. Not, not, all, not all the kids, but you gotta, you got to get two or three kids, man, that's, that's those four or five stars. You, there's no way in the world you, no. you, they can't. They, they got to bring those kids in from Heritage, those two you have a stars. Test. They got to bring – they got to get one right of those now, guys. Rolling. You got a test going on right now, right in front of your very eyes, and his name is Navon Donaldson. Okay? Let me tell you, that's, that's, you've got to have him. Got to have him. And 
and, no and, and, and if they are able to hold on to Navon Donaldson, that will answer you the question that you just raised, and that will show you that they are capable of establishing a good enough relationship with a kid and his family that yeah. they can that they can overcome any of those negative elements and things that find a way to filter themselves into recruiting when it's when it's you know the top when it's the top level players from South Florida. Let me tell you something. I don't know if you remember. You remember the kid that came out of New Jersey, Rashawn Gray, or Garrett, that went to Michigan. You remember that uh-huh. big defensive tackle? Yep. At Alabama. Alabama was trying to get him to come down and whatnot. He was kind of looking at Alabama a little bit. Jim Harbaugh, I don't know what he did. He closed that deal. I mean, that kid, it was done. It shouldn't even be Donaldson. He shouldn't even be looking at Florida or you're looking at Florida State. Rick need to just close it. It should be a done deal. And well, I'm, it's he, just, man, you know what I'm saying? He's it's visiting. Man, it really is. He, uh, he's he's visiting this weekend, so. But but you, you and last we point you said you said uh, Donaldson Donaldson uh, uh, went to he, he looked at Florida he going to Florida State. Then when you started to show you you were talking about that JUCO commit for Alabama and how he was thinking about coming to to do a visit at Miami and then what Nick Saban did. He cut everything, and that kid's not coming to Miami. That's what I'm talking about, Garrett, right there. Just, you know, we, I don't know, man. I'm just frustrated. I'm just ready for it, for it to start turning again. I'm trying to see any of these other schools, a lot of these irrelevant schools that's in the mix that really have never been in the mix. You know, that all these players Miami pump out, and you mean to tell me that, that they're lacking behind Louisville and, and TCU? Come on, Gary. That's, not, that's crazy. So I just, man, I'm just ready for it to get started up again, and I just hope Rick can keep these kids, man, in South Florida and get, you know, cherry pick some kids across the country, man. That's all they need to do. We've been seeing this for years, and Al Golden was the worst thing that came into Miami. And you, at least you got, you know, you, you got somebody at South Florida with, with Rick. So I'm just ready for it to get going again, man. So I don't know. So, but. No. All right. Just felt like you got anything else? Felt like venting tonight. <laughs> felt like venting, man. No, I'm good. I'm good, man. It was one of those days. I was just like, man, I'm looking at all these other schools, and I'm like, man, it's crazy. USC back in the mix and uh, Michigan, and I'm like, man, what, what, why we not even Miami not even ranking the top 25 right now, you know? But well, that's the that's problem, it, man. You know, I mean, that's <laughs> the problem. You know what? Miami only has Miami to blame for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess, Jerry, you're right. You're right. You know, I don't know, man. I, I know you got a bunch of other, other callers, man. That's that's on hold, man. I just had felt like venting, and it was just like you know, it's frustrating to see Miami not where you, you know where it, it, it should be in college football compared to to you know a lot of other uh, schools across the country. So I don't know. I I just listen and hold and put me on hold, man. All right, man. Thank you for being part of the show. Appreciate it. All right, guys. 646-595-2048 is your number. You cl- you hit the number one on the keypad if you want to come on the show. Uh, let me hit one or two more of these questions that were submitted by the posters at canesport.com. I promised I would get to them earlier in tonight's show. Do you think there will be any changes to the staff after the bowl game? No, I really don't. 
Um, I think the staff likes being in Miami. I think they like living in Miami. Um, I think they see the possibilities of what they can accomplish at Miami, and I think they're all going to come back intact. I don't think that uh, anybody's going to leave to go to another school. I don't think anybody's going to leave for a head coaching opportunity. Um, I think the staff will stay intact, and I think it's going to stay intact for a while. Um, I, I think Mark Rick's got good chemistry and has put together a really good group that enjoys working together. Um, so I think you can count on this group being together for a while here. They're well paid. Some money shouldn't be too big of an issue. Uh, somebody were to come along and try to steal somebody like a Kuligowski, uh for a small raise or something, I, I, I think that Mark Wick would find a way to get the administration to give them the money. So I, I don't think that there'll be any issues there. Um, and the other accompanying question was, is there anywhere where the staff needs to be upgraded? Um, I think they're fine. I really do. I didn't... Uh, I didn't see any weaknesses in terms of coaching um, really anywhere on that staff. So um, looking pretty good in terms of the coaching staff. Why is it the staff going after additional wide receivers and offensive linemen um, in this recruiting class? And, um, you know, that's an interesting question. Obviously, you know, you look at the numbers, but uh, wide receiver, I mean, it, it looks like, you know, evidence Njoku is is certainly solid. I think you're going to see them put DJ Dallas at receiver, so he would be a second guy. And then I think that they're going to take Mike Harley at receiver. And I, I think that Mark Richt is okay with three guys there right now. Um, it, it, it's been proven that it's a place where you can bring in young kids and they can play right away. Um, you know, obviously you have Amon Richards, who's a young guy that's going to be around for a while. Uh, so... I, I think that, that that he's okay with just taking three guys at receiver this year uh, because of the needs that they have elsewhere, particularly in the secondary. And, you know, you're also got to remember, you still got some tight ends that are in the mix that are past receiving tight ends, like the Michael Irvins of the world, the Palendi kid that's in this year's recruiting class. Uh, if they get this Trey McKitty uh, tight end, uh, you know, he, he's a pretty good pass catcher. Um, so, not really the, the, the urgency to, to get more than three receivers this year. Now, you would think that offensive line would be a little bit different, but, uh, you know, they got Gaynor committed, they got Dykstra committed, they have Donaldson committed, and they have Hillary committed. So right now they have four guys committed. I, my guess is they'd like to add at least one or two more. And if you're taking five guys at that position, uh, that's really a lot. So... Uh, you know, I don't think you can really say that they're not going after enough guys at offensive line. Uh, they certainly seem to be. How would recruiting change if the Hurricanes beat West Virginia really good and FSU loses to Michigan? I don't think it would really change recruiting much at all. I, I think by now most of these kids have a pretty good idea of where they're going. It's not like, you know, Miami's, other than Navon Donaldson, is really locked into that big of a battle with Florida state right now for a lot of kids. And uh, so I don't really think that there's a lot of variable in that situation as well. And uh, do we think that Mark Richter and staff might have a few tricks up their sleeves in the last weeks of recruiting um, right now? I would say, no, I don't, I mean, I, I, if they're out there right now, we don't see them. Um, 
certainly nothing that we would classify as a trick. All right. Uh, I covered the questions that came in this week. Still have some lingering ones from last week that I'll try to get to as the show goes on. Again, the number is 646-595-2048. 646-595-2048. Time to continue onward. Remember, you hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And let's go now to the 678, where you are live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, what's going on, Gary? Doing great. Who's this? Oh, this guy is Junkie. <clears throat> hey, what's up, Junkie? How you doing this week? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm um I'm just listening, man. I'm I'm looking at I just saw the offensive improvement from last season, this season, the last season, and, and then looking at how they showed improvement um for, on the defense. They you know when when we didn't get players uh, in the um, all ACC, um. My thing with what we've been talking about, I've been listening to, you know, how how everybody talking about um, we're not getting the national recruits, we're not getting the big-time five stars and, the, you know, the Jerry Judys and, of the world and all of that. But my thing is, now, we legitimately, we had a shot to be, what, 10-2, and 11-1 and one maybe. VTech is really the only game that we lost that, we pretty much just lost the game. And scheduling-wise, had that been a Saturday game, and we played probably played, say, uh, Notre Dame on that Thursday night, we could be looking at an undefeated season had we had the depth. The players that we had was good enough to legitimately now, think about it now, be undefeated if the scheduling, if we didn't have to go to VTech after that brutal back-to-back-to-back. So national recruits, um, the big-time five-stars that we hadn't been getting, to me it seemed like the, the most important factor has already taken place. When we – the 58 zip, that was the most important thing that happened to Miami football um, against Clemson. And they fired Al Golden and brought in legitimate coaches who developed players who the, – the, now when we talk about, hey – a three-star in South Florida just as good as a five-star somewhere else or a four-star somewhere else. That's now that's the reality again, opposed to where in the, you know the past four years, five years or so, where we needed a five-star because the coaches couldn't coach them up to play at a level unless they were already big. Even the big timers that was here with Shannon, think about Marcus Forson, man, dominated in high school, disappeared in college. Now, you think if Coach Cool was able to have that D line with Fortson and Robinson, and then you bring in the Vernon, now he got the Joe Jackson, probably was the best D end since Vernon um, that we've had at, at Miami. Now you think these freshmen now, true freshmen, Vernon, Bethel, and then you bring we bringing in guys like uh, the boy from Lake Worth. Um, I can't think his name. The long kid, uh, Jonathan. To me, it seems like what we're doing is basically we're getting players who the coaching staff feel that they can play. And and basically, Gary, in the ACC Coastal, we don't need Jerry Judy. I mean, we just want to run the score up like, you know, like the 0-1 Kings and just blow every team out with like Andre Johnson. But 
for us to be successful, you can't tell me we couldn't have played that team, that Clemson team, and beat that Clemson team if if we had the bodies on the field. And that's the best team in our conference that's going to the playoffs. The team that we have now could beat that Clemson team. So yeah, me, well, I mean, like that's where Miami's not, trying to not, get. We don't have to chase all the big time superstars and all that because, like, how are we talking about Collier right now? Collier coached coached up by Mike Rump, long, athletic, a playmaker. We don't need a big time like Chris Henderson. I mean, Chris Henderson is fast, that, and that's like the only thing that we see on tape from him. Like, I haven't seen him just do anything spectacular, but run a four three. I mean, on none of his game films, we we can go up and down the, on the tape. Trajan Bandit always making plays for that same team that he's on. I mean, I see Josh making plays, but I have never seen Chris Henderson make a play this season yet. I'm waiting on him to make a play for all the hype that he's getting. Well, we see Southridge and the guys who play for Southridge and, you know, three-star Sean Davis, three-star Collier, making play after play, and, and then we still like, oh, we lose Chris Henderson. It's not a big deal, really, because Mike Rump showed us that we can take a Malik Young who didn't play uh, DB as much. He played everything. He was just a, an athlete and turned him into a football player as a true freshman. Yeah. So, I mean, I I feel good where we are in recruiting. You know, we we still need some dudes up front because you, you, just, you really can't mask that. If you're getting pushed down, and and you can't you can't stop a man from just moving you out the way or you know fronts the fronts we have to recruit players there but you know it's not like we're not getting them because the DNs we're bringing in monsters and 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 Johnson can easily grow into uh, inside out like a like a versatile swing inside out um, Jackson can swing in out uh, we don't know what the red shirts doing. Uh, the guy from Alabama, Martin, and then, you know, uh, uh, who's the other guy we brought in? Hey, what's the other DT that we have? Oh, um, uh, the transfer, Willis. Uh, see, Willis, we, we maybe McIntosh and Norton may be able to go, but Willis, ain't gonna, he won't be able to leave out early. If he, if he leaves early, then we need no. him to go. Yeah. He's not that kind so of player. We, we, yeah, so we'll be good on the D-line that we don't need to necessarily. Now, to hit the, the boy from VA, that would be that would be a blessing if we can get him. But if we don't, it's not the end of the world because we're so low. Like, we have depth in that position. But the what the coaching staff is doing is that now they're bringing in pass rush. Secondary don't have to be the six, the five stars like Marco Wilson. Oh, man, we can't. We keep letting them go. We keep letting them in fat and go. They can go. Because when we put that D line out there, and you have to throw the ball under pressure, then you Malik Young, who you three star, fast, don't know the position yet, but getting coached up by Mike Rump, who won the, on the best team ever, drafted in the first round. That's who's in his ear teaching him the game. And now, when you put that pass rush out there, you can take a Collier. You don't need to take. Well, I mean, I, I love Fagan. I would love to have Fagan, but we can take a call you, and we'll still be good because coaching staff is the biggest difference, the scheme. And that's, that's the thing I'm so happy about. Like, the players, hey, the players, let's bring them in. You're bringing in guys from, 
from Orlando down, even though Keller. I saw Perry play. Like, I've seen him play, like, three three times this year. I saw him play against Lake Gibson um, in the playoffs and in the regular season. They got destroyed. But Perry, Perry is a ball player. Um, it's like we're bringing in ball players. And, and, and with the coaching that we have, I just feel good. Next year, with the schedule we play next year, it won't be as brutal as this year. And you think about it, we just had – we had maybe ten more bodies, three, five more bodies. We're looking at a eleven and one season. So you know. Well, we'll see. I mean, I, I you know, I think the truth's in the middle. There, there really aren't that many positions on the team that couldn't stand to get better. And I'll use my litmus test that I've been using all year. You've heard me probably say it before. Where how many guys on this team right now could replace? any of those guys that are on the fence of their practice field. That's where they got all the great Miami players of the past, and they have their pictures up on the practice field fence. Um, How many guys on the current team could replace any of those guys on the fence? And not too many of them. So they they could still get better. In terms of of what, though? In terms of when they were seniors? Or are you talking about about the freshman Ray Lewis? Or are you talking about the junior Ray Lewis? Because the junior Ray Lewis is something totally different now, Gary. But now we can't say what Shaq. But if you say the freshman Ray Lewis and the freshman Shaq, it's not so much as the Baltimore Ravens two-time uh, uh, NFL champion that we're looking at in all the stuff that he built. We're talking about the Ray Lewis who just left Kathleen High School and the Shaq Quarterman who just left Oakley's, and you put them two together, and you that's said not a fair it's comparison. not such a big gap. It's not a, yeah, there is. a big that's gap. That's not a fair comparison. Ray Lewis is not a fair comparison. But you, but I understand what you're saying. you gotta, you got to compare apples to apples. Right. But I'm just Warren saying there aren't positions and the, the better. That's what I'm saying. Right. Well, you're right. That's right. But we're not as – we're not that – we're not a team that's just not – we don't. It's not a team that's just not just lacking playmakers and football players. We're a team that just I don't have no one to come in for me, and I'm gassed. And now you're doing what you want to do to me because I just don't have. I'm I'm done. After we go toe to toe, your second string coming in, and my second string coming in, and that's where the problem lies. If you go man for man for what we have, and we don't suffer injuries, we don't suffer. Jermaine Grayson and, and Muhammad getting suspended and Young getting suspended, um, Jamie blowing his ACL. Now, that's what we're talking about. We're not talking about if you just line them up and say go. We're talking about, hey, you're going to get hurt. You're gonna, both y'all three getting kicked off for some, some BS that would never happen in Alabama, Florida State, LSU. But we're going to kick you off the team and out the program. You can go to college, but that's – Come on, that's ridiculous, but that's what we had to go through. Now, if those guys don't go through that, it's a whole different ball game. If 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 if, if Sonny don't get, you know, we lost people in all our key players, like uh, uh, all our key areas where we were thin at already, that's where we got hit. So now there's no one to back, come in and back up a true freshman straight out of high school, hey, we're going to tell you to play this many minutes a game and expect you – to go out there and perform like an All-American for uh, through a brutal October 
and we still stand and we still have a chance to win nine games? And you're going to tell me we don't have no football players, Gary? And we and, and we thumped I didn't say every that. last one of them, and we took Florida State to the wire with a bad call, a terrible holding call, a block extra point of all things to stop the overtime? It's Florida State. <laughs> now, who run the score had a 21-zip last year. But we hit them in the mouth. Then come back and hit North Carolina in the mouth to the point where the referee give you a touchdown when the ball is on the ground. You get a touchdown for it still? Just the team we're talking about now. Then we go to VTech on a Thursday, 10 men out, and then we just have to get take that beating. Notre Dame was just a bad loss. But then we come back and win four straight. I just don't. To me, I feel like the the best thing happened to us was Mark Rick and that staff he put together, and the players that he do will bring in this year is going to be enough to to give us that depth so we can relieve guys. And next year and the year after that, yeah, now we'll be talking about Miami being back because the coaching staff showing, hey, we're back, man. We're we're coached. We're technically sound. We. We know where we're supposed to be. We're tackling. Like Corn Elder? Like All right, Corn Junkie. Elder? Point, yeah. point, point, right. point, point, well, point well taken, man. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, All right. hey, good time. I'm, I'm going hey, to hey, let you take a deep breath now, and we're going to let some other people get on. But, uh, <laughs> All but, right, but, all right. Go ahead, go ahead. Point go ahead. well taken. Your, your enthusiasm <laughs> is awesome. Um, I agree with you. The next couple of years are going to be very exciting in some way, yeah. shape, or form. And things are getting better. They, 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 it's just not showing up in the one-loss record yet. Right, right. Okay. I keep me right, on hold, man. man. I just want to yeah, we'll, we'll, right. we'll, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for being part of the show. All right, 646-595-2048. 646-595-2048. We're going to let Kane's Junkie take that deep breath that he needs after that wonderful call and speech, I guess, that he gave us about – the Canes and why everybody should feel good about them. And now we're going to go out to the 706 where you're live on Cane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hey, what's up, Gary? How you doing? This is Sebastian. What's up, Sebastian? How are you, man? I'm doing pretty good, man. I feel, feel pretty good about how the season ended and the way recruiting is going after it. A couple points I want to make. I think this recruiting staff is definitely an upgrade from last year. <clears throat> there wasn't too many times when you saw, like, the D-line coach out-recruiting, D'Onofrio out-recruiting, really being visible, showing a positive effect on the recruiting trends. So that's the first point I want to make. The second point I wanted to make is we can't overlook some of the failures of the last coaching staff. And one of them being we took a lot of kids that we had no business taking. And we ended up kicking a lot of kids off the team or encouraging them to leave. And that really hurt us more than a probation ever could, that was a probation in itself. We just had too many kids that just didn't serve us well. They had no business being offered a university scholarship. If you take a look at when Butch Davis came on staff and he had 13 scholarships, that's when he recruited Bubba Franks, Ed Reed, got Santana Moss on a track scholarship. So that's so that's a so we have to be honest with ourselves and say that that was a huge difference between how you could come in with a lack of depth and do it the right way compared to doing it the wrong way. Do you want to elaborate on that? Um, yeah, I mean, 
you know, I think it's it, you, you can do it, and I, I think, but I think what happened with Butch Davis was that when they had those few scholarships, he was forced to evaluate talent at a level that, that was even far greater than you would normally do, and I, th- I think they they could only take I think thirteen that one year, and right. I think he just I think he really refined his evaluation skills going through that experience. Uh, you know, I don't I don't know that he was that level of evaluator before that. I, I, I think that the the experience of going through what he went through at Miami made him become such a good talent evaluator that he then was able to carry that over into succeeding years and obviously, you know, put together arguably the best roster in the history of college football. So um, I, I mean I give you a prime I give you a prime example. I mean if he had to take two wide receivers he took Dan uh, Jones and he took Reggie Wayne. You know what I mean? He didn't. He didn't get a bust out of it. You know. Whereas yeah, I can they, see with the had, talent drops off. Scholarship, yeah. Right, right. So if you have, to, if I mean, if you're only going to get three, you got to get the right three. You got to get the right amount. When I saw on the Golden Staff, we were taking cornerbacks that never played it down, never showed up in practice. We were taking wide receivers. We were taking defensive ends that just didn't do anything for the team, and they were just encouraged to leave. That's where your depth came in at. What I'm encouraged about this staff right here is you're getting the right kind of kids, and you're holding out for the right kind of kids. Uh, It's not just so much four stars and five stars because that's a false analogy. Virginia Tech is winning the Coastal. They're not getting all the four stars and five stars and beating us beating the crap out of us, they're getting kids that fit their system, fit your personality, and that's the route that you need to go. I'm not disappointed in this recruiting class. I see it right now as a class that can only get better. And here's what I mean. If we're able to get the two kids from Heritage, we're able to get a wide receiver from Louisiana, we're able to get those three cornerbacks we're looking at, we got a pretty solid class. I think it's a talent upgrade. You you tell me where we're missing at. I don't think we need a hold. We got to hold on to Donaldson, keep keep what we have in the class, nail down the running back. But on signing, you watch when I call back in the show. If we get that wide receiver from Louisiana, if we get the cornerbacks that we're looking at, the J the JC corner the JC guy, we get Collier. We're able to get Edwards back into the get Edwards back into the front, the fold. And we're able to maybe land like a Fagan. I'm gonna be real, really excited. There's not too many. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm not gonna be. You agree with that? I'm not gonna be Absolutely. pretty disappointed at all. You know, I think we're gonna be stellar. So I'll move on to my next point. I think it's huge that we need to win this bowl game more than West Virginia needs to win this bowl game. And here's why: if Mark Wig is able to demonstrate, look, I came into the program. You know, we started off four and zero. We suffered some injuries. That Adagu injury to that right tackle position was huge, you know, because we had that four-game stretch. We were struggling on the line, but he seemed to kind of right the ship. But if he's able to demonstrate that we're able to get through these next five-game winning streak, hypothetically, say we're keeping the Joku, we're going to be a team that's going to be feared in the ACC, whether we play Clemson, LSU, Louisville, or Florida State, I think we'll be a team that will be positioned not only to just get to the Coastal, but to really challenge for the ACC. And I don't just say that lightly, because if you got seasoned quarterback play, 
You got skill. You got players at the skill position. You have depth on a defensive line, and you have a team that knows its scheme in its second year. Do you not think we can win the ACC next year? Yeah, I totally agree because, I mean, Clemson is going to lose to Sean Watson. Yep. And that's going to be a great equalizer. That's going to be a huge equalizer. And even though we got to play Florida State and Tallahassee, they won't have Davin Cook. They won't have uh, Rudolph, the wide receiver. And they'll have a second-year – and they will have a, a second-year quarterback. But to me, I think we'll be really, really positioned to win the ACC. And if we're sitting here next year, this time next year, as the Canes are ACC champions, and everything I told you happened in recruiting, and we got Nikosi Perry right behind Brad Kyer. You don't think we're my University of Miami program is going to be positioned real well for the future? I do. I do think so. Okay. So how can you make that happen, Gary? That's what I want to know. Cause you, you, Me, you, it's you not my job wrong, to make so. it happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, you can make it You. You can make it happen. I done gave you the formula, Gary. All you got to do is walk into his office and tell him. <laughs> I don't think make he needs me to do that. I, I think Mark <laughs> he knows the formula. Trust me, he knows, he knows the, formula. the formula. Yeah. All right. So, so did I break it down in a way where I can tell you next year this time when we're talking, we're ACC champions. We got the recruiting class that we want. We got Nicosi Perry or Chad Allison as the quarterback. I think so too. I think it's. I think he's the glue that holds it all together. Um, you'd love to have Njoku back too, but I think they could survive Njoku not being back. Um, you know, I, I think Brad Kaya coming back is a big deal. All right. So, Gary, before you put me on hold, just tell me this one thing. Tell me one surprise recruit that we land on signing day that me and you will be popping about a bottle of champagne over. Nobody ain't talking about, but if there's some way we're able to land, We'll be celebrating. I think it's that kid from Virginia. You you tell me. You talk to me about that. You just put me on hold. Tell me that one recruit. Yeah, he could be. He could certainly be a candidate. I think um, Devonta Smith is another one that could fall to Miami. That you would be popping champagne. Maybe those two. I don't know that Anthony McFarland would get you that, that excited. But you know, I think they could no. obviously got a great chance to get him. I think it's that Cyrus Fagan kid from uh, Daytona Beach. Yeah, there's, the a, there's a chance we, there we as well, safety, no doubt. We need safety with range. We need safety with range. All right, Gary, you keep me on hold. But walk into his office and sell him the formula, Gary. I just gave it to you. I'm happy to do that, but he, I'm telling you, he doesn't need <laughs> me to do that. <laughs> he, okay, he knows, Gary, he knows, keep me on hold, he, man. He knows the formula. He's just got to make it happen. Okay, well, I just gave it right, to man. you, man. You keep me on hold. Hey, Get them heritage boys. All right, All right. <laughs> they're trying. Thanks for being part of the show. I don't even know that they got to get both of them. I think if they just get one of them, you know, that, that would be pretty good. Um, all right, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. The Hurricanes beat that SC State team 82-46 to tonight. Young freshman Bruce Brown had a triple-double. Now, I know that team wasn't very good. I'm not going to try to suggest otherwise. But it's still nice to see the freshmen that they need to continue to develop with the ACC season coming upon them. It's nice to see the freshmen get that triple-double and, and put up that kind of performance. All right, let's go out to the 256 now. You're live on Kane Sport Live. So what's going on, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? Oh, this is Juan from Alabama, man. 
Hey, what's up, Juan? How you doing this week? I'm pretty good, pretty good. Uh, oh, I just want to start off first off, man. I, ain't, I mean, I'm I'm happy that we playing a ranked opponent in the bowl game, but I really wanted one of those SEC champs, man. Like I said, Gary, I tell you every time I call in, man, we got something to prove. We can still prove that point against West Virginia, but it's just like, you know, we ain't going to get no real credit whether we go in there and blow them out or not. That's I just really look, just you know, point I'm blank Georgia period. Tech wants to attack Slayer. Who are they playing? Do you know? In Jacksonville? I'm not even sure. Yeah, if anybody knows, I'll, I'll try to look it up. But that that would have been who Miami would have been playing. Um so, uh, you know, I don't know. But uh, West Virginia will give them a nice little bowl game. Yeah, I mean, we are in, like, one of one of the better bowl games this year, which is cool and all. But like I said, man, when we beat an SEC school or whatever, you know, people tend to get more props, even though, in my opinion, they were down this year. But anyways, man, uh, so uh, what do you think? Uh, I mean, you think we're going to be – not uh, do you think we're going to be why, – how come we're not ranked right now? That's just a question that I was thinking about earlier today. I, I don't know. They, they just don't have that kind of respect. You know, it's funny. Mark Richt has a coach's poll vote, and he uh, ranked the Canes 20th. And he said you – know, it was funny. He said, uh, I guess this bowl game will prove whether I'm right or not. But uh, people just don't respect Miami right now, you know. I, and, and Miami hasn't done enough to earn the respect back. Let's be honest. I mean, you could – complain about it but like what you, you, when you go eight and four in the ac you know with with the acc schedule i mean i that's not going to get it done if what you're looking for is the night the nation to respect you so that it's just it is what it is now getting back to your original point here real quick uh about wanting an sec school the, the tax slayer bowl got kentucky from the sec uh, yeah, I'm not sure, man. I don't think that's a better game playing 11 a.m. on on December 31st against Kentucky and Jacksonville. I, I think you'd rather be in Orlando playing West Virginia. Hey, Kentucky just beat Louisville, and everybody was real hype about Louisville. I, I understand, you know but I mean? that's not a sexier game. It, it, it's just not. Right. I, I think, and I think people yeah. going to the game are going to have a lot more fun in Orlando than they would have had in Jacksonville. There's nothing to do in Jacksonville. Heard that, heard that. But you got to remember, Gary, it's all about the the opponent. You know, you can people that live in South Florida already. You can go experience Orlando anytime. No, I understand. I, mean, I live in Alabama, so I've been there. Kentucky's not. I'm a just saying though. So, so if you put Kentucky over there in the Big Twelve, you telling me that they ain't gonna have a better record than seventy-five? They got two thousand yard rushers on that team there in the SEC. Even though they were down this year, I'm just saying, I'm just talking about as far as, like, how they pumped the SEC up. Oh, they're the greatest, blah, blah, blah. That's false evidence right there, Gary. They're, they're not the best. I'm just saying, I just want to shut a lot of these people's mouths down here. And we can still shut mouths because, trust me, living down here, people are, oh, man, we, we'll kill West Virginia. They're going to kill y'all, blah, blah, blah. We're going to go out there and do work, Gary. And next year, I don't – when are we playing, when are we playing LSU? Is that – 2018 two or yeah, two years. Oh damn! Well, next year you got you have Notre Dame again next year at home. Oh man! Oh well. Oh well. Another time. Another time. We had to we had to whoop up on the SEC. But anyways, Gary. So uh, I ain't really got too much to say tonight. I just want to say Kane Junkie really know what he's talking about, man. I dig that man's conversation right there. 
That's what's up. Shout out to Kane Jockey. But uh, I'm right. not going to hold you too long there. I did try to call in on the original number tonight. I had to call in on another number just to get on the show, so I know we popping. But uh, All right. Hurricane for Life, keep me on hold, Gary. You got it, man. Thank you for being part of the show. All right, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go now to the 757. You are live on Kane Sport Live. Well, 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 if it ain't scary, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> Who's this? Ain't nobody but Kane Kane. Hey, what's up, Kane Kane? Long time no here, man. Hey, man, you know, eight and four seasons. No, hey, uh, everything was good. Offense could have been better. Defense was A1. Defense was A1. Coaching staff, it is what it is. Ain't nobody complaining. Got to get better. Uh, Donaldson, that's going to be a tricky one. McFarlane. I don't know. He's from Maryland. He might stick or he might go, you know, he might stay at home. Uh, the bowl game with West Virginia, yeah, we got to rank the point. I want to play somebody. And all this stuff about people going to hate what I'm going to say. You ain't getting respect unless you beat somebody. We ain't going to beat nobody in a minute, minute day. So ain't no respect. Oh, we I mean, should be ranked. Wait, what? A, 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 a win against Pittsburgh as your signature win of the season is not going to get it done. You know, it's just, it's, it's not, not going to get it done. Not it's if you're not talking about the nation, you know, not the respect. stuff that these Kane fans want. They want domination. They want that Alabama shit. No, I want it too. I'm talking about the rest of the college football world and people that care and people that vote. You know, they're, they're not going to put you in the top 20, you know, when, when well, you yeah, lost. I, I got you on that. I got you on that. But see, the fans don't. I got you what you're saying, but the fans saying that they want to be ranked. But you're saying, like you say, the other people look at it like, what have we done? Okay. Yeah. We won oh, four straight. Just... Yeah, that's you what I'm saying. It. I mean, I, I know what you're saying. But it's all good either way. Either way. Huh? You lost to a bad Hello? Notre Dame team. And people are not going to rank you when that's what they're looking at. I think we'll get ranked next year once we come in. I mean, you know what, like I said, damn rankings, because they don't mean nothing. Right now, it don't really mean nothing. You know, if you ain't in the top four, it's irrelevant to me. That's where I want to be. So let's break that a good year. Um, like you said, you believe the staff will stay intact, and that's a plus. And, you know, and we go from there and get some recruits, maybe a couple surprises. Everybody looking. Yeah, I want to beat West Virginia. You play a ranked team, and I don't think they – I don't know if they're going to come in ready to play hard because I heard they were upset because they figured, damn, we 10-2. What are we playing these chunks Miami and they 8-4? I feel you. But that would motivate me to come out there and try to beat the brakes off you. So hopefully Miami will go there and beat the brakes off them. And uh, other than that, a shout-out to Ookie Dookie, all the other guys, D-Blacks, Charlton, Carolina, you're still bootleg, but you're still my boy. Hey, man, enjoy your Christmas, Thanksgiving. Gone. I ain't called in a minute because I've been working. Happy New Year. And hey, roll kings. That's all we can do. Can't say roll tide. That shit don't sound right. But I'll say roll kings. Till next time. Take care, buddy. I'm out. All right, man. Thanks as always for being part of the show. 646 595 2048. Hit one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the 904. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. How you doing? It's Antoine Jessica. How you doing, man? Hey, what's up, man? How you doing this week? Man, I'm doing pretty good, man. I uh, just listened to the show. I wasn't going to actually uh, get on the call, but I heard I heard uh, a caller, you know, I think it was Kane's junkie that was talking about uh, 
uh, the players that we have. And, you know, we got some players, and, you know, we we have a little depth issues. But uh, I got to disagree with uh, some of what he was saying, man, because if you look at it in the context of just us having this player or that player, yeah, we lost four games, man. We lost four games this year. Some refereeing, some calls, whatever you want to call it. If we got Dalvin Cook and Calvin Ridley on our football team, we in the playoff undefeated right now. Probably. I have no doubt in my – I have no – that's the difference between one or two players can change your fortunes from being a middle-of-the-road ACC team to being in the, in the Final Four playoffs. That's all it took. Like, literally. I mean, look, Louisville almost <laughs> did it this year with one. <laughs> with one player. They only yeah. had one dude. And they literally yeah. almost went to the college football playoff with one player. It only takes one transcendent player to change your season. If I don't even – you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. Forget Calvin Ridley. If we had Dalvin Cook this year, I don't think we would have lost the football game. I, I would even. I think we would have beat Virginia Tech too. I just one player, and and that's what we the guys were talking about. Uh, we're talking about the South Florida recruiting and how they get players. Alabama is not just getting players. Yeah, you know, Florida State lost three games with Dalvin Cook. I'm not sure Dalvin Cook by himself would have done it, but dude, this is me. This is me. Dalvin Cook on our team. I I love Mark Walsh. I love Joe Yerby. But there are plays on that field that I watch Mark Walton, and he misses the hole. And it's a touchdown if he hit the hole right. And then you watch him, like, sometimes he, he doesn't have the speed to get it. If Dalvin Cook get out and open 90% of the time except against Corn Elder, it's a touchdown. That's the difference between winning and losing. Every one of them games, we lost all them games by a limited point. We would have been undefeated, man, with Dalvin Cook. But what I was trying to – what I'm saying is, Alabama is not getting a player here and there. They're getting the player. Um, they don't even win the championship without Amari Cooper having a ridiculous freshman year. All that they did, it was Amari Cooper to end up in the difference. No Trent Richardson. No Derrick Henry. You tell me they, they still win the championship? I don't think so. They getting the player. So when, when they're down there doing what they're doing and we know what they're doing, because you, you talked about it a little bit, but – we ain't going to elaborate on it. They're getting the player. Amon Richards was the player they wanted last year. And you see how that turned out. So can you imagine how our offense would have looked without Amon Richards? No Amon Richards. We, we have still been as explosive as we were? No. Not even a, not even a question. So I, I don't it – is, it's coaching and it's depth. But it's also if you have that one or two players – that can make a difference between winning and losing. I'm going, Gary, man, next time, man. Yo. You got it, man. Thank you for being part of the show. All right, we got some open slots on the board. A couple guys still on hold, but if you haven't been able to get through or haven't been a participant on Kane Sport Live very much this year, tonight would certainly be the night for you. Um, we'll get you on. Uh, let me just uh, run through these lingering questions that we had left. Um, from the posters on the message boards on Canesport Live, I mean on Canesport.com, where do you think Miami stacks up after 12 games in the ACC? Other than Clemson, is there another team that the Canes could not beat right now at this point? And, 
you know, I'll ask the question, like, why include Clemson? I mean, they, I, I know they're in the playoff, but they almost lost to FSU and NC State. They lost to Pitt. Miami beat two of those three teams and outplayed FSU. So, um, you know, Miami at its best might be able to compete with Clemson this year. You know, it's hard to say. I know that game last year was pretty darn ugly. Um, but the Canes really, as some of the callers tonight have tried to suggest, are not that far off. And maybe, you know, one or two players, one or two elite players emerging uh, could make a difference. Uh, can Bar Milo play? Uh, to that, I would say doesn't look like it. Certainly didn't get it, get any burn this year, uh, which I think tells you a lot. Um, who's the starting left tackle next fall? Well, McDermott's done well the last few games, but I don't know if he could hold up out there the entire year. Hard to say. Trevor Darling will be back. Um, the wild card is probably George Brown and uh, the transfer from LSU. I think we'll have to see how he looks at spring practice. Um, can Deontay Mullins start next year? I would say probably not. Um, they didn't play him at all this year. So, you know, that kind of tells you that they think he's got some work to do. Um, is John Ford a defensive tackle here? Yes, absolutely. Um can Miami realistically win the ACC next year with the current roster plus the 2017 recruiting class? I would say yes, they can, um, especially if Kaya and Njoku come back, especially Kaya, that they have a chance to do that. Um, who was the most underrated starter this season on the Canes? Um, I'll tell you, I would say Rayshon Jenkins. You know, maybe. I mean, he would certainly be my candidate. I, I thought Rayshon Jenkins had a really good senior year, and it's something that maybe not a lot of people would, would think about right now. Um, I really liked what I saw from Rayshon Jenkins this year. Who are a couple players not on the field now that can make an immediate impact next year? Um, I would say George Brown is one that I would expect that from. Um, I'm going to throw a wild card out there, and that's a guy that I just like the, the way he looks. And, and, you know, we'll see how he develops in spring practice. But I think Giovanni Haskins has a chance to become a pretty good player at Miami. Um, and then kind of an obvious one because he was such a freak on special teams this year. But I think you got to start finding some ways to allow Mr. Travis Homer uh, to start impacting the football game a little bit. And uh, if Joe Yearby leaves, I think Travis Homer um, could start seeing himself worked into the offense a little bit by Mark Richt. He, he looked pretty darn explosive this year on special teams. Uh, which recruit as of right now um, do we think will make the biggest impacts? Uh, I'll go out on the limb. I'll say DJ Dallas at wide receiver. I'll say Trey John Bandy at cornerback. Navon Donaldson on the offensive line. And let me throw Mr. Amari Carter out there at safety. I think Amari Carter's got a chance to play a lot at safety as a true freshman. Any chance of Gus Edwards going to fullback full-time? I would say probably not. You know, it looks to me like um, he'll probably be the backup to Mark Walton next year. Um, will any Canes be drafted in the first round this year? No. Um, if not, who will be the first one drafted? I would say Njoku, if he goes out, will be the first, he'll be the highest rated hurricane on the draft board if he goes out. Um, if not, you know, maybe Stacy Coley, you know, I would think, um, 
can Chris Herndon produce solid numbers next year if David Njoku goes pro? I think he can. Um, you know, I think that he kind of kind of got hurt a little bit this year when they had to start max protecting more. Um, I, I think that hurt Chris Herndon worse than just about anybody on the team. And I think, uh, you know, next year uh, that if Njoku leaves, that he would figure to get a lot more balls thrown his way. And um, we'll see how it goes. All right, well, that covers that. So let's get back to your calls. Again, I got, uh, let me see, I got four guys on the board right now. Uh, so, you know, we'll see how it goes, but if you want to get on the show tonight, tonight's a good night. Uh, the board's not as crowded as it usually is. Let's go out to the 973. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, thank you, thank you, thank you. Enjoying. Who's this? This is Ross from Jersey. I'm enjoying hey, up, tonight. Hey, I'm, I'm here, man. Um, I don't know why these guys are not on the board, but they need to get on. Let me start. Oh, man, I don't know where to start it, but... I was just writing out some things because you were just covering um, certain certain points. I wasn't going to talk about him, but you remind me to talk about him. Travis Homer, you said um, he, you know, he should be able to impact the game next year on the team. I really think that Mark Richard need to go ahead and just put this man in the ball game on kick return. Why can't he impact the team this year on kickoff? What are we waiting for? It's obviously he got speed. It's obviously he got determination. It's obviously he got what it takes. Malcolm Lewis, I love you. Malcolm Lewis, I love you. Um, Really unfortunate what happened. But like I said last week, Gary, it looks bad having him out there on kick return. It does look bad. So we could go ahead right now, put Travis Homer on kick return in the ball game. Speed, speed, speed. And I take I take I take my chances with that, you know. Stop worrying about him fumbling the ball, and just put him out there anyway. Okay, I don't want to harp on that. Oh, a lot of things to talk about. Quick, a uh, couple of quick ones, and um, I just want you to help me out with this. Jermaine Grace, is he eligible to um to play in any of these All Star games, or is, can he get invited to the combine? Um. The combine, he probably could if they if if they were so inclined to do so. I don't think you'll see him in any All Star games. You gotta be you gotta play a season to play in those games. I think that they would lean towards that. Yeah. Oh, okay. But, you, but I think you'll you'll see him at Pro Day. I'm pretty sure. Pro Day, sure. I mean, that's it'll be embarrassing for us not to have him. I mean, we you know we didn't we didn't the university didn't like what he did, but they it was a bad on their point if he can't come to Pro Day. That'll just be that'll be terrible. You know, you know, he made a mistake, but he didn't make a criminal mistake. You know what I'm saying? So it would look, it would look pretty bad on our part. That's not something I think that I think Mark Rick is a much better guy than that. I think he'd be a pro game. But I was thinking about the certain All Star games he eligible for that or eligible for on combine. And also, Colbert, the um, our D back, he definitely needs to play in this game coming up. It was talk that maybe he not, he might not play. He needs to I play because. Yeah, I think there's a good chance. He had a broken arm, but I, I, I think there's a chance it'll be healed in time for the game. Well, if he's ready, he needs to play, because that would be an audition for him to get invited to the Combines or get invited to maybe some of these all-star games that's out there. You know, it's, we have about four or five of them now. It's not just one or two. It's like four or five. And once you get into one of these games and you do certain things, you might get invited to the big all-star games, because I've seen it happen already. 
we had a player did it last year. Who was it? Uh, was it was it was it Kiklio? So one of our players did it. Played so well. Was it Chico? One of our players played so well in them regular games, All Star games. He got moved and got invited to the big game. I forgot who it was now, but it's it's not a big deal. But um, I think he, it was he really need to play. Yeah, he needs to play. I think it was Chico. All right, a couple other things. Um, Morton, number ninety five. On our D line, what happened to him this year? Is it, was he hurt? Played on and off. He he just didn't I mean, play great. You think he was in? You think he was in proper shape? You think he was? He wasn't. Yeah. An impact yeah, I guy. think he was in shape. Okay. I just think he's not as good as Norton and McIntosh. That would be nice if we could turn him around a little bit because you know we need that type of, you know, we need that type of um type of help. I mean, I know we can't get everybody to play. But if we could just get guys, well, like you just him. got a lot of guys. You got you got Willis, you got Jenkins, you got him, and then you got Norton and McIntosh. That's five guys with Norton and McIntosh getting the most reps. So, okay, and um, Brad Kaya, you think it would be um, well, him coming back? You think a selling point because Mark is a really smart guy. Obviously, we know that he's a head coach. But do you think it would be a good selling point to try to say, okay, we could take a Lloyd of London's out for him, like a, one of those one of those insurance? Kind of saying, okay. He already has insurance policies. He does. I'm not aware. Yeah. I'm just saying it would be it, okay. Cause if yeah, you, it's you not know, a okay. matter of insurance policies, but the insurance policies only help you if you have a career-ending injury. I understand that, but that's part of why, you know, because there's going to be some money that he could get this year. There's going to be some money that if he comes back, he's, it's not like he's not he's not leaving no money on the, on the table for Gary. He's, he's, he won't get past the third round. So that's money there. So that's why that's why I asked you about the, uh, the insurance. It's a, that's important. But you say he already had it. So yeah, I think he's already got I it. I wasn't I wasn't aware of that. Elsa, you was bringing up. Um, we was talking about beating certain teams, and we should have beaten this one or that one. I'm I'm not sure right now, but if I'm not mistaken, I saw that. Didn't they rank Pitt? Didn't, didn't Pitt rank? I think Pitt is in the 25 spot. Okay, Gary, come on. Be- well, be- it's because they, it's because they beat Clemson. That's why. I know, I know, I know. But come on, if, if, if there's anybody that's shaky about being ranked, they they shouldn't be in there either. Okay, you beat Clemson, but come on, you know, let's let's talk about the finish and how we finish. But more than being ranked, one of the biggest things that I'm paying attention to, Gary, and I want you to talk on this, the biggest, we're being disrespected in our conference. We really don't have certain guys that they're saying, you know, first team, second team, and being paid attention to and giving the proper awards to. We're being overlooked in our own conference, and that, I think, is a bias. I, Gary, there's no way to convince me different. I think we're being I think we're being overlooked in our own conference, and I think that's a bias. I think that's a, think that's a Miami bias. What do, you think, what, do you, what do you say about that? I think you, you, you got to earn. I, I think you got to earn your way out. Barry, of it. come on! You you keep saying that. No, see, you got to earn your way out of it. You don't Gary, earn your way I'm out of it losing all those Gary. games, man. I'm just telling you. Gary, you don't. Oh, wait, no, Gary, come on. We got guys. See, that's the thing, Gary. Yeah, look at. We got guys who on a team that wasn't as good as us. That makes. I I, 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 under, I understand. I understand that's, your pain. That's wrong. But that's wrong. But that, you have yeah, don't, to earn, don't make excuses for man. You It doesn't just happen. You have to earn your Gary, way out of it. Gary, come up. Come up. I tied in. Are you kidding me? He, we lost games, but he wasn't the most productive tight end in our conference. He wasn't the most dominant. Okay, 
if I don't know who's eligible or not eligible at the tight end spot to you go in the draft. He didn't play. The, the Joku didn't play every down. Like it don't matter, you know, but that doesn't mean that doesn't mean you don't get drafted. I, you know, I and and he and he really wasn't a big part of the game plans this year and stuff. I, you know, Gary, Gary, we've seen guys up, from other teams. Go ahead. I, I listen. I'm not. You know, I'm not disputing his talent. I think he's going to be. He, you know, he's a great player. He's got a well, lot we're of athletic. Talking about, well, we're talking about. We're talking about. Listen, people aren't sitting around saying I got to put all these guys from Miami on All Star teams. Okay. No, I'm not They're saying just, that. I'm not. I'm not saying and that. And it's not going to change until the Hurricanes do something. I understand, but, but other teams didn't do certain things. And, and what I, one of the points I wanted to get on is I'm not sure who's eligible, but take everybody else's tied in, and if they're eligible to go in the draft, let's, let's say you put them in the draft with, with our tied in. Who do you think is going to get drafted first? Uh, okay, the, the silence tells a lot. Okay, I mean, so I, that's I telling me he needs to be a second-round draft so that's but telling that's not me, that, that is the point. Utilize him this year like he's a second round draft pick. I didn't feel. But what you're saying, but Gary, what you're saying is that you're accepting the fact that they could be. You want to let them go ahead and keep being biased until we win. That's not right. But anyway, also by being biased here in the conference, it also you're going to, you're going to disagree with this because you've done it before. I think it hurts our recruit. We gotta have certain things in place that we can show certain people. I'm not. I'm talking about 2018, 2019. They gotta start seeing some of our guys placed in certain situation, you know, put put up there as first or second team because the guys played that way. So why take that away from us? Because I think it hurt us recruiting too, Gary. Gary, I pay attention to recruiting. I know you do. You know that hurts us. You know certain us not being in certain places on that first team, second team. Well, we're supposed to. You know that hurt us recruiting, Gary. You know it does. For then coaches to come in and recruit against that. So I think the bias is it's real. All right, Ross, you got to win. Yeah, you, you have to win. Here you go again. Here you go again. I understand it, that, but you're Well, the proof is the pudding. Come on, Ross. No, you're scaling The proof no, is I'm not. You, wouldn't be, you wouldn't be bitching about the problem if the problem didn't exist. And the reason the problem exists is because – People are not respecting Miami right now because Miami has not won in 10 years. But you're saying it's, it's okay for them to, because we haven't won. It's okay to hurt one of our ballplayers as far as where he, his proper play. They're you're not, saying they're you're not hurt your ballplayer. David okay. Njoku's stats this year were not out of this world. He didn't get a, a, a ton of balls down the field. Most of his catches were on bubble screens. Gary, was it more productive than most? Ross, I haven't, I haven't evaluated his okay. stats to everybody. Right. Okay. Like, what I'm trying to tell you is we do this all the time. We, we, against Miami, you're complaining about it. And I'm telling you, okay. it's not going to change until they sure win. I'm not the only one. And, and, and winning will supersede the bias. That's all. What else you got? Well, I'm Come sure on, I'm James. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm sure I'm not. Yeah. One of the other things I want to talk about is um, I think it's being overlooked is that we have a, a decent amount of guys that we redshirted. And I think that's going to show up well. I'm not saying some of these guys are going to come in and be world beaters. You know, a lot of the other guys that played this year don't have to, you know, worry about getting a lion's share of the work when it comes about our redshirt guys who have been in the system, know what to expect from the coaches, come in, be productive, and be able to help us. And that it, it speaks to what um, a couple of our callers were talking about as they mentioned the depth. We That's where we are, you know, where I think, we're overlooking the fact that we registered some really decent guys, and the fact that uh, that's one of the ways that we want to get back on the field. 
We we rescued some decent guys though. Some decent guys that I think we able to help us. Like 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 whom? Offensive lineman that you talked about from LSU. Of course, he had to sit out. But it's just to say, him being the center, he's he's, he's going to be available. He's a, he's a transfer. He's I know he's a transfer, but what I'm saying, it it still speaks to the fact that he sat out. He went through. He's going through the system. He's going to go through the spring, and he's going to be a guy that we could count on to be able to. Because we let me let me just say this guy. Come on, you said it yourself. Except for one guy, we was, we couldn't reach to our bench to get an offensive lineman to put in there. This Ross, year, you, the following, listen. Here's who you redshirted. Okay, Jack Allison. Okay. Okay, a quarterback. Okay, Giovanni Haskins. Who you like? At 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 tight end, yeah. Who you Trey like? Johnson. Trey, yes. Trey Johnson on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyreek Martin on the defensive line. Well, you don't know what he's going to do. So uh, you never know. He'd be able to come and give us some minutes. Yeah, but but that that's a Jeff James. Those are your red shirts. I mean, I, I, think, I think you're overestimating what got redshirted, but go ahead. What else you got? Hey, I'm just feeling like the guy, a guy like the, the offensive lineman and the kid, the Askins. I'm supposed to – we didn't recruit any other defensive ball player that was, was – no, I decent? just gave you the red I get. I just gave you the red shirts. Okay, so maybe I'm going to look one of the do, kids. You didn't do your homework. You didn't, you no, do, no. You're usually well-prepared with your questions. You're not well-prepared tonight. That's not true. You're, you're fighting me. You're you not. wanted to get back at me on the fact that I'm telling you that we're being Gary. You go. You we always do this. That's fine. You're trying to get back at me about me. The point that I'm making in the ACC, we're being disrespectful. Okay, let me just get into a recruiting point. Like I always say, um, some of the callers in the past were just was on the show was right. Be disrespected until you earn respect. Gary, I'm not. I listen. I understand that, but I'm I'm saying overlooked and purposely purposely. You know, I don't want to use the word punish, but purposely not putting into the right category. He right, we're not that. going to talk to that, but let me just say, I would love to see all these guys get respected to the degree that you would. But I understand that until Miami wins something, it's not going to happen. And that's the same way you feel. And that's the same way you feel about recruiting, too, right? Until we win, it's not going to happen, right? It, no, it's not. Okay. I mean, it'll happen so, at the level that it's happening at. But it's not going to happen. At, at, you're not going to start recruiting suddenly like Alabama and Ohio State. Don't want to. Don't want to yet. That, of course, that comes with a certain type of, um, you know, win. I understand it. But we don't – certain things, some of the kids that we're losing, we, again, everyone want to come up here and not want to really talk about it like it's a, it's a bad word and it's, it has some type of allergy or something. Kids, let's just say what it is. Kids are being paid to look away from us, winning or not winning. Because look at certain guys. Look at the guy that just committed today. To um, Tennessee, one of the best offensive linemen in their state. They're, certain schools just get players, no matter what's going on with the program, no matter how bad the program is, no matter how drifted the program looks, they get their in-state kids. And we have really, really good in-state kids in Florida, in South Florida, and they're coming in and they're cherry-picking. They're taking the kids out because they're paying them. They're paying their parents. They're, they're taking care of the school system. They're taking care of the equipment and stuff in the schools, and they're doing it in different ways to make sure those kids do not come to us and Gary, that, that, you know, and I wanted to make this point too. A lot of people are saying that we, why, why we shouldn't be able to get the kid from, um, this is the only kid I think we, we don't have a chance of getting only because I think Shannon have a, he went to Shannon Hall high school, the office lineman that's going to Florida. People, people need to think about things like this. He went to Shannon Hall high school, which is a, it's where, um, where Duke came from, Norland. Now he's not there anymore, but he's still, that's where Shannon went to school. That's where he went to school first. And that's why I think we're never, we never had a chance with him in the first place. 
but Shannon already got the goods and with the people, his peoples and him. That's the only kid I don't have a problem with. But some of, you know, I don't even want James from Central. But yeah, you go follow your brother. He's not as good as his brother anyway. And and the points that these guys are making say if we had a Dalvin Cook and we had certain guys who will win, I fully agree. Now the kid called. Let me go back to a kid. I'm gonna get off. Yeah, I'm gonna get off. But let's go back to a kid that we lost out to at the time when Golden was here because we were so terrible what we were doing. Let's take a kid like Carlos Williams. That's not a kid that's supposed to come right to us, Gary. We had his teammate. We had his teammate, Mike James. That's not a kid that's supposed to come right to us if, if Florida State wasn't doing certain things they weren't supposed to do to get that kid. Yeah, no argument. Oh, okay, so that's what, that's what the callers, that's the point they were making. And I told you a couple of years ago, I know what's going on down there, Gary. I know you don't want to talk about that too much on your show, but I got, I got people, I, I have real, real brothers down there that knows what's going on, Gary. All right, well, we talked about that earlier. All right, okay. All right, All right. Listen, thanks for having me on. Let me, let me let some other people get on. And, and Gary, host, the, bias, the bias is real. That's the word of the night for me. The bias is real. You just don't want the to talk about it. The bias is real, and it's not going anywhere until the Canes win. We'll talk to you next time. All right, Gary, hope you got hold, all right? Thanks for being part of the show. You can't handle the truth. That's right, Ross. You can't. The truth is the Hurricanes got to earn the respect to get rid of the bias. And that's just the truth. Let's go to the 240. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's going on, Gary? Doing great. Who's this? This is uh, D. Black. Hey, what's up, D. Black? Don't you agree nope. that the Canes have to earn their way out of this Abyss of disrespect. Yeah, yeah, that's the only way you get respect. You know, you gotta earn it. But in our case, we, we gotta go out and take it. So yeah, no doubt, I agree with that. But I've been um, trying to explain that to Ross the entire season. He calls every week, says the same <laughs> thing, and I've been trying to tell him you have to win. You can't lose four games in the middle of the season. Right. Um. Piggybacking off something Kane Junkie said, he he made some valid points tonight, and so did you. Talking about the great players we have that's along the um, fences at Green Tree practice field. But let's be honest. Let's be honest with ourselves. Name a player on Alabama squad that can replace any of them players on that fence. Oh man, they got. I mean, I, I can't. I, I'm not familiar enough with their roster, but I'll tell you right now, their defense belongs in the NFL. I mean, they they yeah, are I mean, absolutely okay. on defense. Um, oh, you know, right. Calvin Ridley uh, on offense for sure. Um, beyond that, I mean, probably a few of their offensive linemen, but they're playing with a lot of gimmicks over there. I don't know. That quarterback to me is a little gimmicky. But their talent on defense is so the ridiculous. Talent, the talent on defense is, is great. But Ruben yeah. Foster, is, is he going to replace the Jonathan Zimmer? Is he going to replace the Jesse Armstead? He, he's, a, he's, that level, he's that level player. Yeah, he is. Oh, Ray Lewis? Mm. I mean, uh, I'm not ready to start saying he's Ray Lewis. You know, Ray Lewis one of the greatest right. linebackers ever play. But uh, uh, Ruben Foster is a, he, that's a grown man. I saw him when he was coming out of high school. It was unbelievable. Yeah, he's a real deal. He's I can't believe it deal. took him two years to get him straight at Bama to the point where they could put him on the field. Because I mean, that kid physically right. was unreal. Right, he's he's definitely the real deal. Then you got uh, what's his name, Gerard Allen, the D tackle. You know, I think he plays D tackle D N for them. You know, he he's he's a grown man too. I mean, but uh, just just moving forward, like with recruiting and everything, I think you know Rick is going at this thing real strategically. 
you know, and he's going for surefire get. Um, and that's nothing wrong with that. I'm happy with the class. I just hope, you know, Donaldson uh, stays. That'll solidify the offensive line. And if he can get those two from American Heritage, that'll be a great coup. That'll that, that'd be a great coup to, you know, to, to, to build the offensive line of the future, you know. Um, some nasty road graders up front. Um, the bowl game, I feel, is very winnable. You know, very winnable. You know, they don't play too much defense up in uh, West Virginia. They got decent players, but they just don't play good defense. Every game they play is a shootout. Um, so we come ready to play motivated. I think we'll be successful, um, given with this staff and what they and what they was able to do at halftime at a lot of games and the adjustments that they make. Now you're giving them two, three weeks to prepare for a West Virginia team. I think it bodes well. It bodes very well for us. But, yeah, tonight has been a real good night. Um, I, I called last week, Gary, but it kept knocking me off the board. It kept knocking me off. So that's why I didn't get on last week to uh, discuss, uh, discuss the game. But, uh, you know, that October was, was brutal. That October was brutal. You know, no ifs, ands, buts about it. No way to get around that. Um, but next year is next year. You know what I'm saying? I'm still in this year. We still got to finish this West Virginia, uh, this West Virginia team off um, in the season off with five straight victories, going into winter winter conditioning and spring practice, getting some recruiting well. And, hey, the sky's the limit in 2017. It's the limit. Hopefully Brad Kaya and uh, Njoku stays. Or one, if Njoku goes, hopefully Kaya stays. But um, I see nothing but um, I see a bright future moving forward with our squad, Gary, with our squad. So I'm going to go ahead and get up off of here, go watch me some basketball, and go Canes. Oh, Kane Kane and the rest of the crew, what's up? Kane Junkie, I need to get up with you. <laughs> All right, D-Black, thank you, man. Thanks, for, as always, All for right. being part of the show. All right, guys, you got a couple weeks left to finish your holiday shopping and uh i got one more great gift to tell you about and uh i know a lot of you are looking for the right gift for a guy that can feel impossible and uh it's it's so difficult particularly to shop for guys i know girls you could buy just about anything but uh it's really hard to find a gift for guys that's thoughtful but is also useful and practical well let me tell you about this great holiday gift that the folks over at Harry's Razors have put together. And um, it's really something special. If you haven't heard of them before, Harry's was started by two best friends named Jeff and Andy who were just fed up with being overcharged for razors. So they started their own razor company to give people what they deserve, a great shave at a very fair price. And um, this holiday, Harry's has put together a limited edition shaving set that can really make a, a wonderful gift for somebody that, you know, maybe works with you at the office or um, a close friend that you just, you, you know, you want to get that nice token gift for. Well, this Harry's um, limited edition set that they've put together for the holidays um, really could solve that that issue for you. It, it comes with a midnight blue chrome razor handle, which you can get engraved with the gift recipient's initials if you want. Um, they throw in three of Harry's German-engineered five-blade cartridges that provide a close, comfortable shave. 
uh, foaming shave gel that smells absolutely amazing, a beautifully designed box, nice blue box that, that, that packages it all really nicely. And you can get it all at harrys.com for just $30, which gives you a, a, the perfect price point um, for a stocking stuffer or a gift you know, in an office um, um, party or, or something along those lines. Um, they also offer handles and sets starting at just $10. If you haven't tried Harry's, you could even test those products out for yourself while you're buying the gift package. And as a special offer for fans of the show, we've partnered with Harry's to give you $5 off your order uh, when you use the code name Canes. That's C-A-N-E-S. Use the code name Canes um, at checkout, and that $30 gift set will only cost you $25. And uh, free shipping ends on December the 9th. So you got three more days to take advantage of Harry's free shipping offer on top of that great $5 savings. So go to harrys.com right now to get your limited edition holiday shave set while supplies last. And don't forget to enter the code Canes at checkout to get your $5 off. That's harrys.com, code Canes, another great holiday gift idea for you. And I'm glad we're able to save you a little bit, little bit of money while you're at it. All right, we're going to go down to the wire here with some more calls. 646-595-2048. Hit the number one on the keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the 318. The 318. You are live on Team Sport Live. What's going on, Gary? You know who this is. This is Sports City Kane. Uh, hey, what's up, Sports City? Show. Uh, then, hey, happy holidays, too. You know, again, you know, it's great yep. for us to talk. Uh, I was listening to some of the old guys on the on the line, and I'm gonna tell you this: I remember Ray Lewis freshman year, and I remember watching the game when they played Colorado up there in Colorado. And man, it's it's unfair to give any player the analogy with uh, Ray Lewis, because man, it was at that time Ray Lewis had came onto the team, and he really wasn't even on the program. But the only yep. thing he, the only thing the announcer was doing. We're just saying 52, 52. I mean, he made every play. He made it seem like nobody else was on the field. And he was I was at his first plays. practice, okay? I was at his first practice, and I, to this day, I can tell you I have never in my life seen anything like it. I mean, a, a freshman come into the program and be absolutely dominant from the first day he stepped on the practice field. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and it's it unfair to do that. I want to say – and we got a lot of a lot of talent on our team. I wouldn't doubt it. But if I could trade anything, I wouldn't want any of those players. I want Pittsburgh Panthers. I would want their offensive line. I think if we had their offensive line, then we probably would have went undefeated. A large part of the reason why we had problems was we couldn't, we didn't have the right balance. We weren't able to run the ball at times when we really needed to run the ball. And I guarantee you, those uh, road graders they had. You know, we'd, they'd open some holes for Mark Wallace. Uh, I want to say this. The thing that I think you said a couple of weeks ago was about the running back situation. And, it, and it's a reason for us to be concerned because when you start looking at it, if Mark Walton has a duplicate season to this season or better season, and then we're always already losing Gus Edwards, I don't think we fumbled the ball one time this year. And that's a that, – I mean, when you don't fumble the ball and a guy get that many carries and then all of a sudden – you're losing all of these uh, really legitimate, durable, 
dependable ball carriers and you're starting all back over again, that should, that could be a reason for concern. I hope that uh, that these guys coming in along with Travis Homer, that they really get some work this year. It's going to be critical for them to get some work this year because we've got to continue that progression of having solid runners who come in. And, and just like I say, it's, it's the running back position is a very key position because you got to run, block, and catch. And, and I mean, anybody, even with the guy that we have uh, coming in, potentially coming in from Maryland, the one concern is, is the size because you can't uh, be a liability with pass protection. You got to be able to pick up and pick up the pass protections and be able to make sure that you can keep the pocket for the quarterback clean. And I hope that that that, that, that the guy that we have coming in burns along with him that those guys come in and they really can uh, do a good job for us because we're gonna lose a lot of dependable carries. And I mean, Mark Walton. I don't think that, that Dalvin Cook is any better than Mark Walton. I think Mark Walton brings a tenacity to it, a lot of the other things. And then even when you look at it, uh, um, I like Mark Walton. I like what we have. I, and I think that, you know, when you sit down there and look at it, you can say that you need one player, you need the rest of it. The real thing that this coaching staff is really addressing is that there were so many depth issues that, that it wasn't funny. That basically they were just piecing it together and trying to hold it up with, with spitting glue because you didn't have enough depth down the line. Yeah, you could – your front end guys were real good, but once you got past them, you just couldn't you couldn't keep it up. And in those type of intense games, then uh, you know that that, that kind of hurt us. Another thing I will argue, I will, I don't like our record. I wish we had one more game, but I like our eight wins over Florida State's nine. All of our eight wins were convincing wins. We didn't have paper thin wins. We convincingly defeated the teams that we defeated. We defeated them in a way to where there was clear separation between us and them on that particular day. And so I'm excited about the direction in which we're going, but I think that the key thing when you look at recruiting, Navon Donaldson has to stick. We need to get some more we need to get some more offensive linemen so that we can provide depth along that offensive line. And uh even a one one note I noticed that Coach Cool was around my neck of the woods on the uh, defensive tackle. So I think that they're still not, and it's not to say that there's a need position, but I think that they never want to be in the position depth-wise that they're in today. They never want to be in a depth deficit. And when you look at uh, those teams and you talk about great teams, great teams have layers. They have layers of talent. They have a group of talent that's coming in. And some of the time it's not so much that mega star that you get but it's just like I've been saying that you get competent depth along your team so that there's no drop-off and that, you know, your team can be as fresh in game 12 as they were in game one because the the injury bug is going to hit everybody. It's a physical game. It always will be that way. So you're going to need to have depth there along the line. I, w- I, was, I heard the comments that they said about Alabama and how Alabama uh, defense is great, and I say that this right here that it's unfortunate that that defense won't get tested by an elite, elite offense. I don't know what Clemson will do. I don't know what potentially Ohio State or Washington will do. And really, when you look at talent evaluators, when they talk about it Alabama, as far as their players moving on to the pros, they just say the massiveness of their players just simply overwhelms a lot of teams. 
And when you look at the game, that even when I watched the game that they played uh, against LSU, LSU's offensive coordinator did not have the imagination to ever stress out uh, their Alabama team and to get them moving, them do some things. And I, I wouldn't say that they don't have – that they're not a great team. They are a great team. Uh, they are a great team. They do have great players. But the one thing about it is you got to – in order to validate a great, great defense, and they are a great defense, you have to have an elite-level offense. Uh, I want to say this about the payment – about someone on the first call was talking about players getting paid and this, that, and et cetera. But it's a, it's a, it's a backside of that. When you pay a player, you have to understand that the character of that player may not be equal to the player that's coming here like a like I take uh Amon Richards over anybody. I like the person, I like the player, I like everything about him, everything he stands for. Everybody would like it. And he is a jewel of a person and you can see that he has a high football IQ, he has goals, he has purpose, he has everything like that. And that's the type of building block that you want to put your team on. The type of foundation that you want to put your team on. And so I'm not I'm not for when we when you get to saying that it's hanky yeah, it's hanky panky going on, but when you go down in there, in order to be a winning team, in order for us to get the respect, just like you said, we got to earn it. Four losses is not gonna get it. Losing to a bad Notre Dame team is not gonna get it. Having a letdown after the Florida State, it's not gonna get it. In order for us to get respect, you know, we got to prove that we should be respected by our performance on the field. I've been trying to tell that to Ross all year. I should have just let you do it. (laughs) Hey, hey, hey. You know Ross a tough cookie now. You know Ross kind of controversial, and he's a tough cookie. And that's what you got to understand, that you got to earn it. Tonight he didn't do his homework. He didn't. He didn't earn it. He didn't earn respect tonight because he didn't do his homework. But you got to earn it on the field, and that's it. And until yeah. you earn respect, people are going to put you in that other category, and that's the category we're in right now on the recruiting front. I just hope that we finish strong. I think that we should just. I, I hope that we don't. When we, I, I, I mean, I, God bless him, C.J. Henderson. God bless him. But I mean, at some point. You know, uh, the flirtation got to be over, and you got you can only pick one person. People get mad because of what Mike Rump said and said that a that you either with us or you kind of against us. But the reality of it is, is that that's the reality. That it's only one team that you can go out into the sunset with. It ain't but one of them, and that recruiting is seasonal. And when that season is over, then I, I and you hear it from every recruit that it is. The quicker that you get your recruitment over with, the quicker you can start preparing for being in that place, preparing for learning the offense, the defense, putting your body in shape, putting your mind in shape, getting yourself, taking your recruitment all the way to signing day is a tragic mistake. It's a tragic mistake. It's a mistake that people make because after that, the honeymoon is over and you got to be validated as being the star that you are or the player that you're not. And I just I just think that it's a tragic tragedy that a lot of athletes commit by taking their recruitment and extending it all the way to sign a day. No reason to take it to sign a day, especially on the top end guys who've accumulated their offers in their junior year. If you've accumulated your offers, you know the menu that you got to choose from. And now it's time for you to tell the chef, this is what I want to eat. And I, and I, I God bless them. 
I hope we get Edwards. I sure want to get Devontae Smith because I want to have a compliment for Amon Richards. I hope Navon Donaldson realized that, man, he's wanted, he's needed, and he's adored in, uh, by Miami. And that he should stay there. He should stick. We need to get a, maybe a couple more. But the main thing uh, that I say is the game that we're facing, is uh, it's a great game. We need to go out there and have a good showing. That's the best piece of advertisement that we could put out there for recruits to let them know that we are a viable option, that this is not the old Miami of 10 years, but this is the new Miami. I, I want to share this point with you and maybe this with, with Ross and with some of the rest of them. I was talking to a guy, the team that I root for professionally, they were a star on the side of the air because I'm from North Louisiana. But the guy, it was a young man that entered into the store. And when the young man entered the store, he was 20 years old. And he said, he said, I'm so happy that they are doing well. This is the first time in my life that I've seen them do well. That's the same experience that we as old school Miami fans are with these new school recruits, these millennials that we're seeing, that they haven't seen us in the heydays. They haven't seen the, us in the 2005 season, the 2001 season. They haven't seen us with all these plethora of, uh, of, of professional players, potential Hall of Famers on the lineup. They haven't seen that. And so, just like I would say, in order for us to get respect, we're going to have to produce. We're going to have to produce wins on the field. Sure, we're going to do it. Sure, we're going to do it. But the main thing that we have to do is I don't want respect prematurely. I want respect that we've earned. And when we've earned it, then everybody got to recognize it. Whether you're a hater or whether you're a lover, you still got to recognize that we're going to rise at our destination. And that's back on top of the football, the college football world. And that's all I got. I want you to have a good night, Gary. Hey, look, I'm still using that Harry's razor, and it's serving me well, and the shaving cream, too. Now, I got to get to the <laughs> Omaha Steaks, and I'm going to try to get to them, okay? But I want you to have a blessed night, and I'll see you after the bowl game. All right, man. Hey, thanks for uh, calling in the show. <laughs> a lot of guys are using Harry's razors. That uh, goes to show you advertising works. Uh, let's go to the 775. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Yeah, hi, yeah, Gary. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Who's this? Yeah, okay. This is uh, Kane Lover, too, out in Reno. Uh, hey, thanks for uh, – I have a question I may have been answered before, but it's curious. What's the status of the indoor facility? Uh, they're finishing the fundraiser. It, um, looks like they're going to break ground. No, no, no. They're, they're, they they're finishing the fundraising. Oh, they're going through working on permits and plans and all that. Uh, looking like they're going to break ground, if I were to guess, a month, maybe June. I see. So that puts it in uh, the 18th season. Yeah, yes. It'll be ready for training camp on in the 18th season. Yeah, okay. All right, thanks for that. Uh, a couple, one of one of two other things. I agree with you totally. You got to have wins, but also in recruiting. But there's a couple of other things that I haven't heard of, talk about tonight. But there are other inherent advantages that these state schools have. Um, first of all, a school like Alabama, Florida, especially Alabama, but most almost all state schools, they have two things going for them. One, they have a uh, what you would call a bo- uh, their, you know, booster programs that have been in existence 60, 70 years. And uh, these people, this is a well-oiled machine, and 
they'll funnel money into these kids and their parents. And you, you maybe you know, the local press uh, is just never going to hear about it. It's just been going on too long and, and for too many years and, and, and whatever mistakes they made, they've already made them. So that's number one. Number two, there's another factor. Um, every state's college or every state university in the United States, even the university of North Carolina, which is a great education, uh, has a phys ed program. Now, you know, I would estimate that probably as much as 80% of your, you know, five-star um, amazing athletes, uh, these guys will go into, uh, they're not in, they're not, they may say they want an education, but they really could care less. They, they, they're they're going to go to school and, and play football. And they'll, they'll be in a phys ed program and most of the classes are going to be in the gymnasium. They'll be in their trunks. And, uh, and then if they, uh, you know, they'll be able to teach high school football or something like that. But, but their main reason for going is going to be, uh, the, uh, to play football and they're going to be in their own, uh, uh, a, a dorm uh, and it'll be all football players and it, they'll have a great time. And, and that's a big factor to a lot of these people. Well, you know, I don't know about Jerry Judy or people like Henderson, but I mean, <laughs> there's a certain element of, 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 of athletes who are five stars that are just not going to come to Miami because they're going to have to work hard because Miami is a small private school. Doesn't it's the only school in a university in Florida. Uh, I mean, in Florida that has a uh, doesn't have a phys ed program, and uh, you can go get to one at Florida State University of Florida. So, you know, if you're just a great athlete and you you know you're going to make it to the pros, um, you're that quality of athlete. You know, they they're just not going to come, but you'll still get. We'll still get the type of athletes that eventually, if we have a winning program, but you're never going to compete with some of these state schools. That's basically what I wanted to say. Yep, fair enough. Anything else tonight? That's it. All right, man. Thanks for calling in. Thank you. We'll talk to to you next time. All right, let's go out to the 954. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. Who's this? Hey, Gary. Uh, Jose. Yes, sir. Hey, what's up, Jose? Hey, um... Not much. Uh, quick question. I, don't, I didn't hear the entire show, but I wanted to hear if he's, he's spoken in reference to Yearby, if he's staying or he's going, or what the situation is with him. It looks like he's going, but he has not said definitively yet. I think you know. I think he's exploring his different options, finding out where he'll be drafted, which I think he'll find that he'll be drafted in the fifth to the seventh round. And yeah. um, so do, do you think it might have been like summer break? Or he didn't get in that. Game. He, only, he only had like one play in that last game, so he kind of can't yeah, transfer. He's, he's kind of like like, of, like acting like you know like a baby almost. <laughs> well, there's just not a lot of upside for him in this program anymore. You know, I mean, Mark yeah. Walton's clearly the guy. Uh, I think you got you know Travis Homer coming up, who's looked pretty darn explosive on special teams, who deserves a chance to get some touches next year. Gus Edwards. Also, and it, it's just, you know, Yearby's not good enough to supersede any of that. So, uh, and obviously some, something kind of fell apart for him in the latter stage of the season. So I would expect him to go. Yeah, well, yeah, that brings up a point with um, Homer. If you got Gus coming back and then you got Gray and they get McFarland and he's doing so well in uh, special teams and he has size and speed, wouldn't he be a good uh, choice maybe to try to convert, convert him to a safety? You know, he, no, he, I, I, he had that, that, that kind of you know pedigree no, I, I, I and mean, stuff I think like he's that. A running, so. He's a running back. You know, he's yeah. 
you know, I don't think he's an every no. down running back. I think he's a you know, running back. No, that's, kind yeah, of that's why I'm thinking that to me, like, you know, even though he's talented, but, you know, running back like that almost like a dime a dozen, maybe like a B-plus running back and a B-plus safety is going to B-plus safety is going to get the better chance to go to the NFL, you know what I mean? So maybe yeah. that might be the way but to go with his kind of mentality. an offensive and, and player, talent. I think, is whole if I don't see that changing. Yeah, okay. And another thing, uh, the guy Telford, is he, did we give up recruiting him or what's the story with him? I don't think he's a priority right now. You know, I don't think, yeah. you know, it doesn't look to me like they think he's really that good. You know, they're not oh, really? they're not killing themselves trying to get him now. If like a Navon Donaldson were to fall by the wayside or something, maybe that changes. But yeah. I think right now Miami's probably counting on Navon Donaldson sticking. Yeah, no, yeah, Donaldson thing. I right, last show you guys were talking about, he probably was favoring Florida State, so it was kind of was going, making me sick. I've been saying for months, <laughs> but, anything could happen there. I, yeah, I've never felt yeah. good about that. Is he coming in early, by the way, if he does decide? Or? Yeah, oh, yeah, it's, it, it, this is going to play out pretty quickly here. Yeah, that's what I mean. He, he has to make up his mind with the next couple of weeks, right? Next, yeah, I mean, he's visiting, he's visiting this weekend. Then you go into a dead period. So Miami's getting yeah. his last visit. So we'll see. Good, yeah. We'll see if I want to seal that deal. And the other thing, um, Rump. I'm, I know he has a lot of contact here in South Florida. He's actually the head coach of uh, the guy, the two offensive linemen from uh, Heritage. Isn't that kind of like, uh, I don't know, a little disappointed that he hasn't been able to kind of seal that deal. You know, he knows the parents. He's a very nice man. People trust him. And I just, you know, I'm surprised that he hasn't been able to kind of convince those guys to kind of sign with us. Let's see how that ends. You know, let's judge after it's after it's over. Let's see where those where those two yeah. guys fall. All right. And the other thing, uh, well, uh, the, you know, I guess West Virginia. I guess it was a good draw for us. I was kind of hoping uh, Georgia, just because of Mark Rick's situation, to beat them or Florida. You know, might help us in the recruiting by kicking their ass. And but I think uh, we'll beat West Virginia, and that'll make us rank this year and probably next year. And again, if uh, everybody's been talking about Kaya stays. Kind of like uh, we have a good chance to, you know, be right in there in the game, you know. No for doubt. The, for the championship. So, all right. That's pretty much all I got. Just wanted to kind of touch base with you on a couple of those things. So, you good got luck that. and for, go Kings. Thank you. Thanks for being part of all the right. show. Let's go to the 770. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. How you doing tonight? Doing good. Who's this? This is uh, TC from Atlanta. Hey, what's up, man? What you got? Not so much. Um, first thing first, let's start with Ray Lewis. <laughs> Ray Lewis, Gary, was a freak of nature. So you can't compare any of these linebackers who are currently playing to Ray Lewis. That's totally, totally unfair. agree. Unfair. Totally, totally unfair. I actually was a walk-on at Miami, so I had to, you know, go against him and practice every day. Him along with Rohan Marley, uh, Corn Francis, uh, trying to think who else was on that team. Uh, Antonio Coley, I don't know if you remember some of these guys. But the only reason why Ray Lewis got a chance to play is because of Rob Bass. I don't know if you remember Rob Bass. Uh-huh. He was a linebacker out of New York, and he messed around and got uh, hurt. So Ray Lewis uh, saw the opportunity and he grabbed it. And when he grabbed it, he never let go. So for any of these up-and-coming linebackers to even say that they're somewhat, you know, on the same level as Ray Lewis, they're not even close. A freshman 
true freshman, straight out of high school, to come and start at a school like Miami, at a linebacker, you can't compare. Yep, can't I agree it. with you. And don't even try to do it. Moving right on. <laughs> okay, Ross. Poor Ross. Poor Ross. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right, man. The only way you're going to gain respect is win. You got to put it on. You got to do it on the field. That's the only way. Why do you think Miami was able to get all those players that they used to get? It's because they won. They didn't even have to recruit. Recruit back then. Guys wanted to be a Miami Hurricane, no matter where you were. Sucks. The Rock was in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> Dwayne Johnson came from Hawaii, Gary, <laughs> to play for the University of Miami. So you can't tell me that winning, I mean, that that's the only way you're going to gain and earn respect. And that's what's, what's going on with some of these other schools like Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson. Those guys have been winning. And how do you win, Gary? I mean, football, really, when you look at it, it's not that complicated. All those teams that are winning, whether it's in the NFL or college, have strong interior linemen, offense and defense, point blank. You get that squared away, you're going to have success. You look at Alabama, both sides of the field, offense and defense, strong interior linemen, and they just dominate. Ohio Mm -hmm. State. Uh, what's the, the quarterback, J.T. Barrett? He's had probably his worst year there at, at Ohio State. But the reason that Ohio State wins is because of that interior defense and offensive line. Uh, Joey Boza, is it that's the the younger brother, right? Or is it Nick Boza? I think it's Nick Boza. Uh, Ohio Nick, State. Nick Boza. Yeah, Nick Boza. Yeah, Nick Nick Boza. You get these strong, big interior linemen, and you could just pretty much plow and run over any and everybody else. That's how you win. You look at Dallas Cowboys. Why are they winning, Gary? Offensive Why? line. Offensive line. Yeah, they're dominant. I mean, Zeke is is almost at what twelve, thirteen hundred yards rushing. Yeah. Sucks. He don't get hit until he's about what eight yard, eight yards down the field. Yep. And you got the young quarterback that's looking like an all-pro because he's always clean. And he don't have, to, and he doesn't have to go out there and try to be a superstar. Just make nope. the simple plays. Mm-hmm. It's that difficult. It is not that difficult at all. It's just plain and simple. So Ross, I don't know if you're looking at the television screen sideways, <laughs> but please, man, look at it from the the. The front and center. It ain't that difficult. And then you, you talk about your boy Najoku. Najoku Ross, he's he's good. The ceiling is high for this kid. But early in the season, this dude was dropping five yard passes. Man, come on, Ross. Come on, man. You can't do that and be considered an elite tight end. He's not a yep. Jordan Leggett. Matter of fact, Ross, right now, I would say. O.J. Howard from Alabama would probably get drafted before the Joku. Oh, there's no question. Because, yeah, and O.J. Howard has probably had like 
not a not a not even a, a better year as Njoku, but no, but he's an every down have, tight end. Njoku's a, a passing down tight end. And then too, Gary, when you look at Njoku, what type of blocker do you think he is? Average. You can't be one dimensional in the NFL and think you're gonna get it, get the job done. That doesn't work. You would get exposed in the worst way. You got to be fundamentally sound in all aspects. You look at yeah, Clive, he, he's Clive have to Walker. He's going to go to a team that has the right scheme for him. He's going to have to. Yep. But then, too, he's going to have to, you know, get with a coach that can really develop him and help him, you know, with blocking, with, you know, his catching is, has gotten a whole lot better because, I mean, that North Carolina game, he probably, I won't say it was just his play, but he cost us a lot of times on those third and shorts where he just – simply drop the ball mm-hmm. for no reason. So you can't do that and be considered like, you know, tight ends that would come off the trap board. You just can't do that. I mean, he's, right. he, I hope he stays another year so that way he can become a first-team all-ACC tight end. But as far as him trying to leave and go to the NFL – Dude, don't 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 do it. <laughs> I'm begging you, don't do it. Just stay one more year, have fun, get better, take out the insurance policy, and and just the sky's the limit. Sky's the limit. And then one last thing, Gary, before I let you go, the previous caller was talking about not Jose, but the guy before Jose. That dude, yeah. he was on point. I don't know his name. Was it what was his name? I forget. Oh, okay. Was it, was it Port, Port, Port City? Was it Port? I think it was Port City Kane. Yeah, Port City Kane. That guy was pretty much on it. Yeah. I mean, he was on point. I, I like him. He could have probably, you know, gone all night. But this honeymoon process that we're, we're having to compete with some of these other colleges and bringing in these recruits, like Mike, well, not Mike Holloman, what's the kid from uh, Newton County right in my backyard? Right down the street from my house, Shocks. Holloman, 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 Holloman. Can't think of his first name. Yep. But it, he he ended up going to. Uh, seemed like he's gonna sign with Georgia. Yeah, his mom wouldn't let him leave. She won't let him leave. Nah, she wanted him. To, she wanted him to stay in state. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's what so happened that there. He wanted. He wanted that. to come to Miami. He wanted to come to Miami. He just, you know, he made his mom happy. Oh, had I known that, I would have went down the street and talked to her. Tell her, let her know, <laughs> hey, you know. <laughs> oh, it's hey, not I mean, he's only a verbal commitment. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, literally, Gary, he's about, like, 10 minutes away from where I live. So, I mean, that's not a problem. All I had to do was just say, hey, man, you might want to take in consideration because Mark Rick, he's he's not only a good coach, I think, in my mind, my opinion, he's a great coach. And the people here in Georgia, I mean, they still love the guy. I mean, I I don't know. Um, I think some of the Georgia fans have pretty pretty much like migrated and become like Miami fans overnight. <laughs> I was in the store one day, uh, like last week, and uh, one lady at Publix, she was like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna get him a, a national championship. You just wait, it's gonna happen." We're not giving up on that coach, not at all. And I was like, darn, and this is a diehard Georgia Bulldog fan. I was like, shucks, she's even deeper than me. And this is a lady. I was like, okay, girl, you're cool. 
But anyway, that that honeymoon process, Gary, that we're having to do and go through, I don't like some of these guys. I think there's too much whining and di- whining and dining. Um, I know Nick Saban is probably having to go through it with this Leatherwood kid a little bit. But for me as a coach, I mean, I'll be like, you know, I I, I understand you want to go take these trips because some of these kids, like they say, are, are free vacations and all that. But I'll be like, hey, I'm going to give you, like, one or two free vacations. And then after that, I'm going to start shopping too because I need to know what players do I have before this signing period begins. I want to know who wants to be here and who doesn't because I'm not, you know, going to be wasting my time on a kid that doesn't want to commit. It's almost like a relationship, you know. You keep dating this girl for years and years and shocked. When are you guys going to get married? You know what I mean? I'm like, no, nah, we can't do it. We can't do it. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm not going to hold you. I know it's it's after hours, but uh, it's always nice to, to hear the, the callers call in. They were so packed and crowded tonight. I had to call in on the 563 number, which is, I mean, that's totally awesome. Never had to do that. I'm, I don't know if you're familiar with that number or whatever. It's out of Indiana, Indiana I think, 563 or whatever. But uh, your show is always great, and I enjoy the callers that uh, call in. And uh, I don't know if you're going to have another show next week or not. But uh, if you don't, hope you guys have a, uh, a Merry Christmas. And uh, I'll talk to you later. Keep me on hold if you got more uh, calls on the line.